When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. What is that? Where is that um, feedback coming from? 604, can you fix that? Is that you, Bernard? Uh, He thinks it may be, uh, Bernie thinks it may be him. It's uh, not coming from here, I can tell you that, so let Bernie reboot that nonsense, as he said. And uh, we'll get back to the Bernie and Sid show on this Thursday morning, 604, here in uh, New York City. Going to be a hot one again today. Highs of 96 degrees, but the heat index will get us up to 103. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, 92, with a heat index of about 100. So the next two days, lots of sunshine, lots of heat, and uh, just be prepared. Uh, Bring a lot of water with you. Uh, Certainly try to dress with as little clothes as possible. If uh, you're hot, don't wear any clothes. What? Hello? Hello? And uh, <laughs> and enjoy a Thursday, a hot Thursday in uh, in New York City. I got a, a busy day today. If you watch my morning story, which I do every day on my Instagram account, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, feel free to watch it and follow me today. You'll, uh, you'll hear our fine guests on the program today, two great ones, Bill O'Reilly and Joel Osteen, what me and Bernie may talk about, and then later today, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to tape that uh, Newsmax segment with John Tobacco. He's going to promote my book, which I did receive last night in the mail, and I have to tell you, it is uh, really exciting. My second book, my first book in 12 years. The first one, Paul Schwartz, who covers the New York Football Giants on a daily basis for the New York Post. He wrote that book in 2010. I was uh, out of work when I wrote that book, and when the book came out, I was in between jobs in Miami. Wasn't even here in New York. That was 2010. I didn't get back to New York until 2016. And uh, now this new book is out, Citizens United. Most of you who ordered the book, and tons of you did, I love our listening audience, tons of you did, you will get the book on or about September the 6th. Now, I do have some book signings 
which I'll announce later, one in Brooklyn, one on Long Island, one in New Jersey, and one in Florida, and all of those may even be before September the 6th. So you have an opportunity to buy two books. And a lot of you guys out there and girls bought five to ten books, which I appreciate. So uh, check out the Instagram story. You can see the book uh, last night when I first got it this morning as well. And uh, we'll talk more about the book later on. John Katsimatidis, who I love dearly, John and Margot, they know it. You know it. He wrote a forward that was just really beautiful, uh, specifically highlighting Cousin Brucie and me at the station. And then Bernard. Bernard wrote this amazing, amazing forward, which I read again this morning in my car on the way to work. And it was great. It was funny. It was emotional. We've got a relationship, Bernie and I, that dates back 23 years now. And um, even my last book, 12 years ago, Bernie put in the chapter that he wrote, because in my prior book, I had celebrities, entertainers, athletes write their own chapters, folks. Guys like Pat Riley, Tiki Barber, Jim Nance, wrote their own chapters in my book. And Bernie wrote a great chapter, and he said, look, him and I were great together on IMIS. I look forward to the day when we do our own show together. And who knew that six years after he wrote that, Bernard, that would all come to fruition And I talk about in this book, Citizens United, how that came to fruition. Certainly Chad Lopez was the guy behind it, but a lot of help from other people. Curtis Sliwa, Jill Vitale, Pete Morgan, Bernie at the very top of the list. All that in in this book. And uh, Bernie, I know you saw the picture this morning. Really, really cool, bro. Very, very surreal, I have to say. I would imagine you must be uh, bursting at the seams. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. It looks great, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, I can't wait to see it myself and, uh, you know, uh, reread, the, the, A, the forward and the one from uh, Mr. Katsimatidis, the whole damn book. This is, uh, again, this is really, really exciting. It's something you, 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 you deserve. I mean, this is, it's not, it's not over yet, by the way. This is just a mid, midlife memoir. This is just <laughs> a half, the halfway point. Thank you. There's lots more to come, and, uh, but right now. You are, as I mentioned before, the king of all media. You got movies coming out. You got books. You got TV shows. You're you're on the radio. I swear to God, the king of all media. You're all over the place. Well, thank you. And all that is because I teamed up with you. And uh, you read a lot about it in the book, a lot about me and Bernie. That's a lot of the book. I mean, there's politics in the book. Certainly, I go out of my way to praise Donald Trump, a whole chapter on the Donald I go out of my way to bash people like Joe Biden. I do predict in the book, don't forget, this book was written about six months ago. And I do predict in the book that Eric Adams will be a terrible mayor. I say that in the book, which, of course, I've said on this show with Bernie from day one a thousand times. And it seems like most New Yorkers are uh, coming my way. And uh, even the ones that really, really wanted to, to root for him and want him to do well. And they may still say it. But the guys and girls that are being real and uh, not, well, phony, uh, they have already come to the realization that this guy may not be any better than de Blasio. And if he is, he's not a lot better. And yesterday, again, he just talks out of both sides of his mouth. He'll say something like, we got to fix these bail laws and, you know, criminals are running wild in the streets. And then he'll say, I got to tell you, I'm with Kathy Hochul 100 percent. Well, which one is it? Yeah. Yeah, no, he he he. he all those elements are uh, are were in play yesterday with uh, Eric Adams. For some reason, uh, he, the, the, he's renewing the fight against the no cash bail law. I mean, renewing the fight. He's been doing it for a long time, but uh, there was a lot a lot of stuff happened yesterday regarding it. 
although nothing happened. A lot happened, but nothing well, happened. Well, that's true. Nothing happened. And, I mean, uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, this, this uh, Channel 5 reporter, she, uh, she summed it up briefly here in about 40 seconds. Uh, this is from Channel 5. Uh, take a listen to this. Uh, cut 16, uh, Justin, on the, the events that developed yesterday. Our criminal justice system is insane. Mayor Eric Adams not holding back on his strong criticism of the state's bail laws, saying that it's failing to keep recidivists in pretrial detention. It is dangerous, it is harmful, and it's destroying the fabric of our city. Recidivists yeah, are driving crime in New York City, according to the mayor and NYPD <laughs> officials. The mayor outlines what he called the worst of the worst criminals. 716 individuals, the NYPD says, are responsible for 30% of shooting incidents in New York City since 2021. 54% of these individuals have an open felony. New York remains the only state that prevents judges from considering the threat to public safety when yeah, making know, custody determinations. Yeah. Okay. The mayor and police commissioner have repeatedly called for state lawmakers to add a clause to New York's bail laws that would allow a judge to determine a defendant's dangerousness when setting bail. Listen to this but the so-called dangerousness clause has been a non-starter for state lawmakers listen, who listen. refuse to take up the measure. Yeah, I know. The, the, the New York Post headline reads, Mayor Adams, our criminal justice system is insane. Ten people, 945 days, 485 crimes, and most are still free. And while, yes, you heard from Commissioner Sewell there and Adams, they talk about judges having discretion. Well, guess who's been saying that from day one? People like Bernard McGurk, people like Sidney Rosenberg, and people like Lee Zeldin running for governor right now. Yet get in here, Justin, get in here. Yet yesterday when Eric Adams had the opportunity to talk about a guy like Zeldin being on the same page, at least when it came to this, instead he took the opportunity to savage Lee Zeldin and back, back the failed and corrupt governor, Kathy Hochul. This is Eric Adams, number four. I think Governor Hochul and I are aligned on, this, on the public safety uh, issues. We have been in total alignment on public safety is in, in, important. Uh, in spite of what uh, people are tempted to say, uh, uh, Lee Zeldin and I are aligned at the hip. We must have a broken hip because he clearly doesn't get it. He has voted against all of the uh, responsible gun laws uh, in Congress. He's voted against that. We are not aligned. I'm aligned with Governor oh, Hochul. Now, now, he's not talking about bail reform there. He's talking about the gun laws, which, yes. of course, you and I have both championed. And we've seen over the last couple of weeks, folks, do your homework, multiple examples of Good Samaritans, a guy in a mall, for example, in the Midwest, and others, take out their legal guns and stop a more carnage from happening. And we want that here in New York as well. And for some reason, Eric Adams thinks that's a bad thing. That's what he's talking about there, specifically about Lee Zeldin, Bernard. But either way, Eric Adams, I'm with Kathy Hochul, not Lee Zeldin. That's all you need to hear. Absolutely. And, and, and to dredge up, that, the, 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 to mix, to conflate, actually, uh, dishonestly, you know, the gun law situation down in D.C. where they're really they're talking about rifles. We're talking about illegal handguns on the city of New York. That's what they're talking about. But if you want to talk about the uh, the rifle situation, you can. Legal gun owners and trying to take away their their rifles. Again, you had that uh, example of the 80-year-old man yesterday, a couple of days ago, actually, the liquor store owner, 80 years old. He's got a long gun, a long rifle, one of the types that they want to take away from the uh, for, from the good guys. And, uh, well, he blew away the, the dude's arm. 
By the way, just that was great. The fact that we brought it up, I have actually have a better version uh, than what we had j- yesterday, uh, because uh, it, it, one yesterday ended with the kid just saying the thug saying he shot my arm off, but there's no. a, just a little bit more to titillate you. So here it is, a cut number thirteen, Justin, the eighty-year-old guy in the liquor store shooting off the thug's arm. Go. See, it was that scream that we didn't. Yeah, have that yesterday. was good. That's a good scream. It, it I like sounded it. like you know, <laughs> uh, you know, the skinny guy from Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 after something happened, that was that was Stan Laurel. Was the skinny guy? Stan guess, Laurel, right? right yeah. Exactly. Oh you, well, well, you lost your arm. You lost Ooh. your arm, and you lost your freedom. The right. kid's in jail again yeah. this morning. Well, he should have lost. He should have lost his life. He's actually lucky. He's a scumbag. But and that's what Eric Adams is saying. They want to take away that old man's gun. Eric Adams is completely lost, and again. This has been my, from day one, my critique, and you can attest to this, is that he's always tried to make both sides happy. So he talks about bail reform. Hey, so Bernard McGurk is happy. Sid Rosenberg is happy. Pete King is happy. Then he goes on and says, I'm aligned with Kathy Hochul. So he keeps the Democrats happy. Yeah, he's a fool. Right, when when you try to make everybody happy, Bernard, who's happy? You please nobody. Nobody. Please nobody. Exactly right. Uh, and, and, and just to say that is just, uh, yeah, I really, I, I have uh, violent tendencies well up in my head. <laughs> but uh, I never act on them, however. I mean, I'm that, that well, kind yet, of guy. Not, yeah. I'm disciplined. I'm controlled. Right. You know, throughout my whole life, I've been, uh, I, I, I feel it, but I don't act on it because that's that's how you mature. That's how you discipline right. it. That's right. And yeah. so anyway, that's me. Uh, there was, you're going to see this all day long, footage in New, from New York City. The New York City streets, an MMA fighter takes down some animal in the streets that they haven't got off the streets. There's some mm. and prop, maybe homeless guy. I'm not sure. Uh, he wasn't a white supremacist, but it sounded like that. You're going to see it, so you're going to hear it right now. This is the MMA fighter. Now, that what, what happened was the thug, he started cold cocking people in the head, old men, uh, du- dudes all over the place. And this guy saw it, and he says, damn, you know, I'm going to take this bitch down. Cut 19. It sounded like this. Story time. I just got out of the subway and I was on Broadway in Prince heading to work and two guys were walking towards me. A third guy showed up out of nowhere and just sucker punches one of the the guy and the guy that punched him in the face was walking towards me. So he passed me. I checked up on the guy that he just punched and I was like, yo, you okay? He's like, no, I'm not okay. I was like, all right, call the cops. And then out of nowhere, two guys just rolled up and was like, yo, you okay? He's like, yeah, that guy's been punching people down Broadway. He punched a couple of people. I was like, oh, word? He's like, yo, we got to take him out. I'm like, all right, I'm down. So we start following him, and then he was like a block away. So I ran after him. My jujitsu instincts just kicked in. I jumped on his back, tried to swing me off of him, but for those of you that don't know, seatbelt position, dragged him down to the floor, and I immediately took his back and pinned him to the ground. Nice. That's what we need. We need uh, civilians to just keep doing that, shooting yes. people, beating up people. He's an MMA guy, but right. that's he what was, we need. Got to fight back. to do it. And the perp is uh, on the floor uh, proclaiming his innocence. Of course. Uh, this guy, he probably has, uh, nobody knows yet, but he probably has about 32 arrests. Oh, no doubt. It should have been the three strikes and you're out. He should be doing life in, in prison. But he was on the ground pleading for uh, something. Cut 20. What? They were walking into me. That's bullshit, bro. You still don't punch people in the face. Yeah, you hear what he says? They were walking into me. Yeah. 
Whatever. Yeah. So anyway, good. Listen, too bad he didn't choke him to death. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we, this is the kind of mutt we have to get off the streets. Uh, no, 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 cut him no quarter, no sympathy, no nothing uh, whatsoever. So uh, there's, anyway. there's, there's too many of them. You know, it's kind of like the discussion we have about guns all the time, getting illegal guns off the street, which is such a ridiculous conversation. I don't care, Adam. So well, we got 2,636 2, guns off the street. There's like millions of guns. Like, so what? Same thing with these, uh, with these bad people. Like, they are so littered now all over the streets of New York. I hate to sound like a defeatist. But you just can't. I don't know how you're going to do it. I just don't know how. You, uh, realistically, I don't know how you're going to do it. And it doesn't matter where you are. You could be on Fancy Park Avenue. You could be down in the village where I used to live, the Upper West Side. Upper East Side now is getting savaged by these people. There's nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. No, and, and it, it could all be easily solved except for the people in power are just uh, they're, they're stubborn, stubborn uh, uh, criminal coddlers. That's what yes, they are. Yes. I mean, yeah. and they're in power. Yep. And there's nothing you can, like you say, nowhere to go, nothing no, to do. No, got to move. No way, except if, if you, you, <laughs> one start would be if you had a mayor with some balls. Correct. And we don't. No. Uh, mayor's got, got no balls. The governor's got no balls. The uh, the DA in Manhattan is at this point, I believe, a criminal himself, Alvin Bragg. Your AG, Letitia James, is a complete waste of time. And these are the folks. So, you know, when Bernie uh, yells and screams, elections matter. They do. Uh, but you know what's funny is the people uh, that are bitching and complaining are rational New Yorkers like you and I. The folks that vote for these people, they never complain. They, they really don't. It's not like they voted, now they're complaining. They don't complain. And in fact, you look at Adam's numbers, he's like 52% approval rating. Who, who, oh, yeah. who could possibly think that, Bernard? Who? Could be no, it could be that there's no hope for the city with numbers like that. Because uh, the voting, voting is everything. And if you're seeing uh, you know, numbers like that, that's why it's the Republicans' job. It's Lee Zeldin and company's job to educate, edify these people yep. and try to flip them. Yep. That, that's their job. And I want to see, well, as uh, I think it was, uh, we were speaking to Astorino the other day who said people don't start paying attention until after Labor Day. Right, September, yes. Right, yes. so hopefully uh, we see a more... A more aggressive uh, effort no. on the part of, uh, you know, Nick Langworthy and the Republican Party. Nick Langworthy's busy. Leave him and alone. Lee Zeldin. Yeah, I know. He's running for Congress. Stupid. That's why we said he shouldn't be running for Congress. Of Congress. course not. He's, he's got to help save the party. If he's right, Astorino, and they start paying attention after Labor Day, which is like September 3rd or 4th, that gives us two months. Two months before Election Day to get the message out. And a guy like Nick Langworthy should only be concerned about that, not some stupid race he's involved in. And I like Nick. I was there the night they, uh, they made him the man uh, in Howard Beach. Uh, he had just received that, uh, that honor. I like the guy. He's a nice guy, but he really blew it this time. Nick Langworthy. Yeah, no, they should be working on all that stuff right now and yes. rolling, ready to roll it out uh, Tuesday, the Tuesday following Labor Day, the day after um, that Monday. Right, exactly That's right. That's what they should be doing. And if Couldn't they don't, if, if they're not and they don't, uh, uh, well, we have the idiots who, you know, the already complacent, ignorant idiots who vote for people like Heasty and Stewart Cousins. We have them to blame, but we also will have the Republicans to uh, blame. Absolutely. Yep, yep, themselves to blame. one 800 848 WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Again, great guest list today. Two of them, Bill O'Reilly, always the highest-rated segment of the week, not just on Bernie and Sid, of the week anywhere on WABC. He'll be here at 840. And then a guy that I've grown to love, and Bernie, 
Joel Osteen, he's got a huge show coming up Saturday night at Yankee Stadium. He's going to pack the house. He'll be here coming up at 925 this morning. And again, looking at my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney with the book. If you haven't purchased the book, go to Amazon.com this morning. And once again, the title is Citizens United with two great forwards written by Bernie McGurk and John Katsimatidis. We'll take our first break of the day. It's been a great 22 minutes already. Bernie and Sid on a Thursday, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sage Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, ladies and gentlemen. News Talk 107.1 FM. And uh, listen, this app, 77 WABC app, 90 seconds to download. It's free, and it is it, it is so entertaining all day long. Great lineup, great, great lineup. And, of course, today is Friday Eve. The heat wave is, uh, is on the way, baby. Come on, bring it, bring it. It was hot, very hot yesterday. Heat wave is here. Uh, okay, we're in the middle of the heat wave. But it's here, and uh, these, whenever they talk about the dog days of summer, they were saying that in July. It's not. It's August. It's August. And when, the, you know, the streets of New York yep. already smell, he already st- starts uh, smelling like, uh, you know, Rosie O'Donnell's a sweaty ass. Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. It, that's how bad it is, yeah. uh, especially in August. August is the month when you really, really oh. start to get the stench yes. of New York Because City. now you've got a couple of months. It's cumulative. Now you've got two or exactly. three months of hot weather. And I remember playing that uh, silly softball game out in Brooklyn last August 24th, uh, the Loris and the girls, and it was 102 degrees. August 24th. Yeah, brutal. So we brutal. Are, you know, we're not out of this yet. I mean, this heat wave is going to end, I think, Saturday or Sunday. But we're in store for at least one more. But, hey, when you're freezing your ass off up in uh, December, remember these good old days. That's right. That's right. And uh, throw the humidity in on top of it. We're going to have that as well. But that's good. Listen, following up one more uh, 
thing about Eric Adams. I don't want to dwell on him too much. It gets to be tedious after a while because we know he's a loser, and that's that. And that's the bottom line. He's, that was perfect. Uh, that, was a, that was so well said. You should go to Marconi just for that. Quote Bernie yeah. McGurk, he's a loser, and that's that. That's it. A double-talking weasel. So, uh, especially re- regarding the uh, the illegal immigrant uh, status overwhelming our, you know, everything here. And then he lies about the fact that it came from the governors, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, the governor of Texas, uh, he sent both uh, Big Mouth Bowser down in D.C. and uh, – Loser Adams, an invitation. Oh, you're worried about the illegals? Come on down to the border. I want to give you a nice little tour. You know, a nice invitation, a little bipartisan, uh, you know, camaraderie. Uh, you know, we're working together here to stop uh, this problem. We have mutual problems. Ours is exponentially worse than whatever you're experiencing. But uh, come on down. We'll, we'll, we'll show you around, and maybe you, you'll, be, you'll be smarter. You'll be more, more informed about the whole damn thing. Anyway, they said no. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Governor Abbott, uh, Cut 21, he said this about uh, them refusing the invitation. Go ahead, uh, Justin. And they're a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, They're fine with illegal immigration flooding across our borders and the crisis caused by the Biden administration as long as it stays down in Texas. As long as it's exactly right. Of course, that's what it is. Uh, The border, uh, what does it make us? Geniuses, uh, you know, Nostradamuses? That we, we, we've been proclaiming this uh, forever. I mean, it's not just the border. Of course it's not just the border. It's when they come up here. And they've been coming up here forever. Is that and a God bless question? them again. I, I just have to stipulate I would do the same thing if I was these people. But it's not just hardworking, uh, you know, illegal. It's the, th- it's, the, it's the rapists. It's the drugs. It's all that stuff. It's the criminals. It's the, the, the human trafficking. All these things that have been documented. At the risk of repetition, somehow or I just want to get that out. Uh, that that's what it is as a qualifier, because I guess you have to every now and then because people forget that you did it uh, two weeks ago. Uh, anyway, so that's the border problem right there. The other big thing in the news, of course, uh, Nancy Pelosi made it out of Taiwan and some uh, clips of her speaking in Taiwan have surfaced now that she's safely out. And uh, one of them was uh, she actually w- w- was. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, Lindsey Graham and a couple of other Democrats, uh, Bob Menendez, they made a bipartisan trip. And re- that's bi- bipartisan. And that's one thing that this Pelosi trip was not, was not bipartisan because she's a selfish witch. Uh, the, the only thing that came out of this whole thing. Well, well when you say it wasn't bipartisan, she no. didn't treat it that way. But she did receive bipartisan support. Even yeah, I, yeah, yeah, even yeah, yeah. I went that way. So it was bipartisan. Uh, the more important, the support, not how she feels. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't bipartisan in that she didn't bring any uh, Republican Republicans with her. Right, right. She brought right. Democrats right. only because she only wants Democrats. She's, she's playing politics with this whole trip. She only wants Democrats to get the glory or whatever it is right, she hoped right. to get out of it. True. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, in retrospect, the only one who lo- really looks good out of this whole thing is Nancy Pelosi. True. So, so, so to you know, to her little devious uh, Machiavellian uh, credit, uh, she looks good, and everybody, nobody else looks good. And right? by the way, she, she looks good. And uh, let me give you some credit here because I know you were kind of kidding. Maybe you weren't, but you brought up the fact yesterday that her husband Paul Pelosi was in court for his uh, drunk driving episode, and uh, no one talked about that. Nobody. They were still kind of throwing beautiful compliments at Nancy for showing the courage to go to Taiwan. So to your point yesterday, whether you were kidding or not, you were 100% right. Yeah, and what, so what are the odds that she lands? And, and, and she knew the date, that his court date. She knew it. 
What are the odds that she lands in Taiwan on the same exact day that he goes to court and this gets swept under the, the court uh, appearance, all that gets swept under the rug, and the glory of Nancy Pelosi is in the news? I mean, uh, you, uh, you can't call me conspiracy theory, a theorist. I believe that that is exactly why she pl- planned it for this date right here, because she's, she really is a sneaky, devious, evil witch who never forget she rip, ripped up the State of the Union speech and, and many other things. She's just, she's just awful. Anyway, here she is in Taiwan blaming, using the sex card against, the, believe it or not, the Communist Chinese Party about uh, her trip there and not the, the complaining about, uh, you know, Menendez and uh, Lindsey Graham being there just a few months ago, cut 12. They made a big fuss because I'm speaker, I guess. I don't know if that was a reason or an excuse because they didn't say anything when the men came. <laughs> <laughs> when the men came. Uh, yeah, no, the, the reason why they made a big fuss is because you, stupid, you and, and Biden's big mouth, uh, you let them know in advance. Menendez and Lindsey Graham, whenever anybody goes there traditionally, they just show up. They don't make a big deal out of it in advance. And, and that's why they, they, were, they, were, they were pushed into a corner, essentially, is uh, what happened there. And then, uh, of course, uh, I've got to remind everybody, uh, this is a very short uh, clip, Pelosi mumbling and stumbling. She's, this lady is just as bad as Biden. Go ahead, play cut 11, uh, Justin. Imagine the honor to get the NAACP sent at the center. NAACT Centennial. What? With the Palestinian government under the leadership of uh, uh, the People's author- uh, Palestinian Authority. And- going as slow as the slowest ship. You believe that? You believe that? <laughs> going it's so, so slowly. All of them. They all, they, all, they all can't speak. I mean, all of them. It's just unbelievable. unbelievable. Terrible. I mean, lastly, she's old. She's old, 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 old. But still. Very lastly, uh, Ducey, uh, Peter Ducey, uh, with this uh, foreign French uh, fool, uh, this uh, one who got her job because she's a lesbian black lady, Karine Jean-Pierre, uh, just listen to the question and the answer. Go ahead, uh, play the clip cut 10, I believe it is. How come Republicans seem more jazzed about Speaker Pelosi's trip than the president? You're going to have to ask Republicans. I Jazz? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Do they have jazz hands, Peter? Do I have Do they hands? have jazz hands? You said jazz, but they were feeling jazz. <laughs> Is President Biden just worried about hurting Xi's feelings? We've been very clear for, gosh, the past week or so that uh, the speaker has the right to go to Taiwan. Why is it so hard for the president just to say, she's a brave trailblazer, and I think it's great that she went? Um, the president thinks that Speaker Pelosi is a great trailblazer. Look, I mean... that it was good that she went? What we are saying is that we cannot dictate, and we will not dictate, where members of Congress go. Members That's of Congress... The wait, yes. wait, not the, the bottom line is... Not exactly a ringing endorsement right there, Bernard. Take it down, uh, uh, Justin. The answer to the question is that Biden is compromised, okay? He's not going to say he's, he's not going to take the side of Pelosi over the communist Chinese because he's compromised. That is the answer to the question. Uh, bottom line, that's why I wanted to play it, and that's the answer. That's that. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, again, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly and uh, Joel Osteen coming up. That's going to be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> a big fan uh, is Sid Rosenberg of yeah, Joel Osteen. Yeah. I like him as well. But anyway, uh, traffic and sports coming up next also. Right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Every Saturday night starting at 10 after Cousin Brucey, get ready to knock three times 
as Music Radio 77 WABC presents Saturday Nights with Tony Orlando, presented by Goya. Take a listen to this. I have on the phone, we talk about, it's all about soul tonight. And if there's anybody who's all about soul, is the wonderful lady who's taken the time to call the show tonight. And I'm talking about Ruth Pointer. Now, I've had the pleasure many times of actually trying to sing next to the Pointer Sisters. One time, <laughs> one time, it was on Maria Osmond's show. Do you remember that, Ruth Pointer? Do you remember that? I do, yes. <laughs> this is Sid on Sports. Oh, my God. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Oh, yeah, another happy Lisa Ganji recap. For the Met fans out there, the Mets ran roughshod on the Nationals yesterday. Pete Alonzo hit his club-leading 28th home run of the year, but a new New York Met, a guy they got from the Pirates just a couple of days ago, Daniel Vogelbach. Danny came up big with this long home run for the Mets. On the way from Weems, and Vogelback gets one in the air along the right field line, back toward the corner, back goes Palacios, and it's out of here! A grand slam for Daniel Vogelback! His first home run as a Met, and he scores four! Thirteenth home run of the season, Daniel Vogelback makes his mark, and it's 6-0 New York. That's a great call, Gary Cohen, SNY. The Mets went up 6-0, held on to beat the Nats 9-5. Good news is the Braves lost yesterday 3-1. So once again, the Mets have a three-and-a-half game lead on Atlanta. Where's the music in the background? But uh, how about this? A five-game set between the first-place Mets and the second-place Braves starts tonight at 7.10 p.m. Carlos Carrasco on the mound for the Mets. Why are they playing five? Because they're playing two on Saturday. A huge set. Mets and Braves gets going tonight. The Yankees did lose. Garrett Cole gave up six, three home runs in the first inning. They lost 7-3 to Seattle. They actually lost the series. Yankees enjoy a day off today. They'll take on the Cardinals coming up tomorrow. And there is more news on Deshaun Watson. We'll get to that in the next segment here on Bernie and Sid. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Joel Osteen, he'll be live at Yankee Stadium on Saturday night. He's coming up at 925 with Sports. I'm Sid. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I got a long okay. day today anyway. Like I said, I got to tape the uh, the show with Johnny Tobacco coming up at Empire Steakhouse at 1230. And that'll keep me busy for about an hour and a half. And then, uh, so I'm not going to catch the ferry till about 315 this afternoon, which gets me back to Rockaway at about 430. So at that point, being I was up at exactly 318 this morning, that becomes a 13-hour workday. From the time I got up to when I get back to the friendly confines of where I live. That's a long day, Bernard, a long day. That is brutal. That is brutal, uh, uh, Sid Rosenberg. And I, yeah, listen, uh, so, so what do you have to do right after the show? I didn't hear what you I'm going to uh, you know, start promoting my book in as many places as people will allow, whether it's Mark Levin, uh, Brian Kilmeade, Fox right. and Friends. I'm, I'm actually going to hear back from Rosanna Scotto. Later on this morning, Good Day in New York. That would be a huge deal. Lulu, uh, Lulu Yoni. Remember Lou, our good friend? I do. He what, runs what? Channel 5. He right. actually emailed me last night congratulating me on the book and all my success. So that may happen today. But today I'm going to tape something with uh, tobacco. Wise guys on uh, Newsmax to promote good. the book and 
Talk about Deshaun Watson, a few other uh, major stories. And that'll very, be fun. Very nice. Uh, so, well, well listen, uh, you know, I was going to bring this up later. I'll bring it up right now. This uh, Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce. 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 <laughs> well, how do you pronounce it? Beyonce, right? Yeah, Beyonce, yeah. Right. Anyway, she... Uh, there was she has a new uh, a new album dropped a new record whatever the hell uh, anyway in it she uses a word uh, that is being deemed offensive and it's the word is spaz when you hear somebody called a spaz you know they you know they, they can't they don't have any yeah. coordination you know what well it is. it's it's short for spastic and yeah. and in Brooklyn uh, people would use the word spaz and in Brooklyn it would be the R word tard if you know what I'm saying yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. You could say retard. Right, retard. Uh, right. We're just we're describing, so we're not calling anybody a retard. But that's right. that. That would be the word. Although some people are just genuinely, uh, they they don't have coordination. They're just listen, Sid. You 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 can't put together a, a couple of things. Remember there was. Remember Margot gave us uh, jelly beans or something. Yes. Uh, yes. M and M's. Yeah. M and M's. Yeah. And you couldn't fix the, a simple no, fix listen, on the M&M job. No, I can't ride a bike. There's a lot of things I can't do. You know, my son, and this is in the book quite a bit, Gabriel has been diagnosed, he was as a child, with something called dyspraxia, which is a motor skill issue. So even when I shoot a basketball, for, for example, I'm a, I'm a really good basketball player. You but are. I, I played with you. Yes, that's right. Thank you. But I look like I'm, I'm completely out of control, uncoordinated. So I believe... That when I was a kid, they used to call me Spaz, because back then they weren't aware of dyspraxia. That came along later, and I really believe my son got that from me. So to your point, yes, I am limited in some of the physical things that people can do. I can't do them. And it's it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, Curtis Sliwa, who uh, <laughs> I mean, you know we've talked about this before. We got an email from him. We'll talk about that later, maybe. <laughs> but uh, uh, he, when he gets on the dance floor. He looks like, uh, and I've said this before, he looks like he, he did not get the polio vaccine. <laughs> and, and he, you would, you would, you would, you would, you know, in street vernacular, you would say he's a spaz. And so anyway, Beyonce put that in her book, in her, in her album, excuse me, as a lyric, and she had to take it out. They were complaining. They said it offends certain people. And uh, I guess you can see why. But, the, I mean, she shouldn't have to take it out. Oh, it's but stupid. Come on. It, it really Stop. is stupid. But the upshot is this. Monica Lewinsky, yeah. she came out of the blue. And re- remember from uh, about, it's had to be eight years ago, uh, Beyonce had a record. Queen B, she uh, had a record, and the lyrics were this. He popped all my buttons. He ripped my blouse. He Monica lewinsky all on my gown. Boy. So she <laughs> used Monica Lewinsky as a verb. So what? It's funny. And uh, so anyway, Monica's saying, hey, hey uh, you know, while you're busy taking out lyrics, changing lyrics, how about changing mine from yeah. okay. Monica Lewinsky to Bill Clinton? Yeah, because uh, technically yeah. she might she might might have a point. It was uh, he, it was Bill Clinton all over my gown. Monica right. Lewinsky did, did you know? That's true. So she actually has kind of a point. She does, yes. Although, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it, for her to complain though is stupid. Uh, I mean, if if I'm is, Monica Lewinsky, I'm just happy Beyonce, and I can't stand Beyonce, but I'm just happy she mentioned me. That's all. Who cares? Yeah, and, yeah Stop. She, she, but she she wants to r- r- run around and pretend she was a victim, uh, Lewinsky, though, and everything he was everything she well, did was voluntary. Well, she was very young. I mean, again, she did con- uh, she was consensual, the cigar, the whole thing. But but there's no doubt that Billy abused his power. She was very young, so she was a victim. I'm sorry, she was a victim. 
I mean, yeah, whether she well, said yes she, or no, if Bill Clinton was uh, cleaning the office that night, he wasn't going to do that with the cigar. He used his power to take advantage of this young girl. That makes her a victim, yes. No, that is, that is true. He, uh, he, was, he definitely took advantage of her youth and her vulnerability uh, as, as, as an intern. In that sense, she is a victim. In the technical sense, though, if you're looking to bring charges, uh, if she wouldn't be a victim. It no. Wouldn't hold no, water no. In, in court. But uh, right, right. in the sense of bringing up, you're right. But look. Uh, uh, how bad uh, Beyonce is. Uh, the thing doesn't even rhyme. He popped all my buttons. He ripped my blouse. <laughs> he Monica lewinsky all on my gown. She should have said, uh, oh you know, uh, you know, he, he, he ripped my blouse. Uh, Bill Clinton, he's a freaking louse or something, something like that. that. She go to her husband and ask. It's Jay-Z it knows how to rhyme. Thing. That's all these rappers do is rhyme. Oh, I, I know. Mean, but I, 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 please, please. I mean, you have a lot of people that go in, uh, you know, what the, what the, what the, what the blank? All they, do is, all they do is rhyme and steal other people's music. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, if I got to hear one more time, Eminem is such a tremendous talent, and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and, and uh, Ron and all these folks. And I like some of their songs. I'm the first to say it. But to call them great talents is such an insult to any decent musician, to a guy that actually play a couple of instruments and sing. It is a joke. The least amount of talent is in that industry. They steal the song. They rhyme a couple of words. They talk uh, nasty about women and cops, whatever else, and they got themselves a hit. That's talent? There's a lot of stealing. There's a lot of sampling. But I have to take uh, exception with uh, the Eminem. Eminem, some of his stuff was damn Fine. downright that's clever, he, that, That's because he, he was white. And everybody was like, oh, my no, God, he's as good as the black on. guys. No, uh, listen, uh, I'm sorry. That's the fact. If he was another black rapper, he would have been really good. But the fact that he was white and he was in Eight Mile in Detroit and he, was, and he was right there with the rest of the big black rappers, that added to his, to his prestige. I'm the telling you, it's a fact. Stan and, uh, I mean, uh, just uh, a, a bunch of others. Either way, whatever. Come on. Uh, listen, He's no Nat story. King Cole, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's a scumbag, too. He's just the same oh, guy the, I'd like to punch in the face. Don't forget, he, he was the one during the halftime show with all those people, Mary J. Blige and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and all those horrible people. He was still the only one to take a knee. Eminem. Oh, listen, I'd love to knock some of his teeth out. I swear to God. He's a, he's, he's a punk. He's a lowlife. But uh, he made some great music, I think. Either way. Let's move on. We agree to disagree. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Warner Brothers and DC Comics, they had this, uh, they put out, they, it's already made. It's in the can. They, uh, it's a called Batgirl. I don't know if you heard about this. Batgirl. Oh, they have a whole two-page spread in today's New York Post about what you're about to mention. It's actually a pretty oh, really? big story. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, well, uh, the differing accounts, it's $70 million or a $90 million movie, whatever. Right. But, uh, and... It's an attempt at, uh, of course, political correctness. Batman, well, you got to have a Batgirl, right? No, you don't. But they, they, they were of the mind that, yes, you do. So they put, out the, they put together this movie, Batgirl, yep. and it was so damn bad, so awful, that they're just they, they're putting it, they're throwing it in the garbage. They shelved it. They're not going to yeah. release it anywhere. They're no. worried it's going to, DC Comics is worried it's going gonna, it's gonna to damage their brand. And so they're going to just put it in the garbage can. You're never going to see it. And by the way, there's some. You got Michael Keaton. You've got J.K. Simmons. I mean, you've yes. got some big actors here. Uh, Leslie Grace, and uh, like you just said, they they are going to uh, shelve the movie. It's all. It wasn't pages 24 and 25 in today's New York Post. The, the well, I had no idea. I don't have the post, but uh, the point is, uh, it's not organic. You know, it's an effort. To try to be politically correct and say, look, yeah, we got a girl who's the superhero here. 
And so the point is this. You, this maxim, again, proves to be very true. You, once you go woke, you go broke. And that's a perfect, this movie is a perfect example of that. Go woke, go broke. This thing was going to air on HBO, by the way, but it ain't going to air anywhere. And uh, I can't say that I'm, I'm very unhappy about this story. I like that because I hate wokeness. I hate all these woke pieces of garbage who are ruining this damn country. And uh, speaking of ruining the country and, get it, and taking it back while Justin is still out, uh, Trump, uh, this Tuesday, he racked up a bunch of other wins. He's uh, now, this is, this is the count. Trump backed the primary candidates this season, this yeah. election so far. Yeah. 138 Trump, a 10 to the opposition. Wow. Then he got wrong. 10. That's a better winning percentage than Sandy Koufax. 138 93%. Yeah. 93%. Well, he's a man. I mean, there's a whole chapter in the book. It's titled The Donald. And uh, I talk about how I did not vote for him in 2016 and what a major mistake it was. I mean, I, there's not a lot of people that they would admit they voted against somebody and certainly come around because people were so dug in. They, they either loved him or they hated him. It wouldn't have mattered what he did. But I came to the realization very quickly, watching him and working with you, that uh, he was damn good, damn good. And that's why when the question keeps coming up about DeSantis and Trump, I do not hesitate. I'm not nearly the Trump supporter you have been, but I want Trump. I don't want DeSantis. I want DeSantis, don't get me wrong, in 2028. But I already know what Donald Trump can do. DeSantis, that's all potential. Potential means you haven't done it yet. Trump, he's well, got a resume well, of success. And I understand the, the January 6th, and he talks about the election. So the electability thing matters. But given the choice, the choice, if I knew one of those guys was going to win, I'm taking Trump over DeSantis eight days a week. Well, the only thing I'd say, uh, you know, as to your dissertation right there, is that DeSantis, we know what he, he did. As governor of Florida, he did it already. He, I mean, he, that, they, that, that, and that's a big deal. And that's why most of the presidents are former governors and not former uh, congressmen or former senators. Uh, there's no doubt. You're right. I mean, Reagan, the greatest of all time, governor of California. But uh, all those things that DeSantis has done in Florida, that's all Trump policy. He hasn't, he hasn't done anything that's uh, out, outrageous, out of the blue, authentic to him. Or, I mean, he, he, a lot of his – Trump agrees with everything DeSantis does. Let's face it. Yeah, but I will look. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Parental Rights Act, that, uh, that was brilliant. That, that was, was genius. Yes, it was. Uh, and, you know, he was a part and parcel of that. So I will give him that. Well, listen, I don't want, listen, he's great. I'm not knocking him. And if you told me today, Byrne, he's got to be my president, I will rejoice and jump up and down. I'll take him in a heartbeat. But I'm just saying, in the comparison between him and Trump, succeeding as governor doesn't beat succeeding as president. And Trump has already you, been a really good president. I hear you, brother. I hear you. And speaking of January 6th, this dude, uh, one guy, he had a gun. But he never entered the Capitol. He just was in possession of a gun outside the Capitol, and, uh, you know, a, a legal handgun. But either way, he, he, I guess it wasn't legal on Capitol grounds. Anyway, they arrested him, and uh, he was just sentenced to seven years in prison. Seven years. That is like, and he did, he did, he did nothing wrong except be in possession of this gun right. at the Capitol during, uh, well, the, the animals were inside. But, but we keep saying that it's not an insurrection because nobody brought a gun. So I, guess I know. I, well, there you have it. You have one guy with a gun. Who didn't use it wasn't inside. He didn't participate in storming the Capitol. Okay, good, good. So good. anyway, you have uh, people like uh, you know you had a couple. Remember, remember during the, the summer of 2020, you had two lawyers, New York City lawyers, 
they firebombed an NYPD car. Firebombed. Of course I remember. Two, two New York City. They got six months in jail. <laughs> six months. They're already out. Six months. I mean, come on. They actually executed. They did something. They, 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 they threw it at an NYPD car, not knowing that there was uh, nobody in the car. And they got, six, they got busted and they got six months. You talk about two, a two-tiered justice system, unequal application of the law. This is a prime example right there of, uh, of that. Uh, this poor guy and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of others are down there just for misdemeanors, trespassing, parading on Capitol grounds. You know, they're, they're taking it to trial. So they're in jail on exorbitant bail or no bail. And they're, you know, some of them are committing suicide. That still goes on right now. And it really is a uh, it's a travesty is what it is. It's sick. So. Uh, so anyway, seven years. I feel bad for the son of a bitch, but uh, there he is. There he goes. As we uh, so listen, are we supposed to take it to seven o'clock? Is that what it is? It could be eight o'clock. Could be nine o'clock. I mean, he, he can't uh, he can't operate the port at this point to break. So until right. he gives me the thumbs up on the other side of the glass, we'll keep well, talking. By the way, uh, two two um, studios away from this one, uh, people can't see this, of course, but uh, fast asleep. Two studios from this one is one. Legendary Curtis Sliwa. And uh, I don't know how many emails and texts I got. I don't know, 100, 100. You, at 1230 yesterday, you, I hope you heard what Curtis Sliwa just said about you and Bernie, but mostly you. He absolutely killed you. And, um, folks, I heard it. And, and when we don't hear it, Curtis is very quick to email Bernard and me whenever he talks about Bernie and Sid. And it was brilliant. It was funny. It was biting. It was a bit over the top. That's what makes Curtis a legend. But you guys got to understand. Like, some people were like, I don't like the infighting. It's uncomfortable. Folks, it's all shtick. It's all shtick. I mean, there was a little bit of of what happened between Borelli and Sliwa. That wasn't shtick. I mean, Borelli wants to kill this guy. All kidding aside. But when Curtis comes hard at me and Bernie, uh, even though he is insanely jealous that we have the morning show and he doesn't. Don't think it doesn't bother him. It keeps him up at night. For the most part, it's shtick. And yesterday was actually very, very funny. So you say, did you say he went after me at 1230 yesterday? Well, he went after the he went after me uh, on an individual basis more, but he certainly took you and I to task. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, he wrote me, uh, I don't know if he wrote you the same email. It said, uh, this is the end. We're no yes, longer yes, friends. Yes, yes, yes. I you got that, that email. Yes, but then, but then you responded. He showed me a text you sent, and I'm like, wait, did Bernie actually believe this was true? Like, did you really think he was, like, really that angry? Or Yeah, I thought there was a part of him that was, and, and, and I, I wasn't sure, but just in case, nah, I wrote nah, him back. Yeah, no, nah, And nah. he sent me, a, he sent me a, a copy of the segment that I believe you're uh, uh, referencing. Well, there were two. There was the overnight segment, because he's filling in for Frank Morano this week, where he went nuts on us. But the one yesterday afternoon when he started yelling about me and bagel schmears, that was really rough at about that 1 o'clock yesterday. That, that's not what he sent me. Okay, you so, got, well, you got we, the one from the overnight show then, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I wrote back, uh, I said, look, man, that was a, a very good segment, uh, but uh, if you're serious, I said, I'm sorry I lost you as a friend, but I'll always be your friend. I saw that. And, He's not serious. And, and then, I, then I wrote to him, I said, uh, you know, all this is excellent radio, and, uh, you know, that's it. Yeah. My brother, uh, no. you know, all the love. And, now he lo- uh, bro, he loves you so much. Not as much as I do, but he loves you so much. Folks, when you ask yourself, just in case you do, 
why the Bernie and Sid show was number one in New York. I challenge any other host in this city to go on for 27 minutes without any warning and make it as entertaining, informative, provocative, and fun like we just did. That's why we get the big bucks, folks. Our tour of Bernie and Sid coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. At 77 WABC app simulcast on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. A song, a favorite of my sister just before she passed away in the summer of 98. Terrible job, Justin. Trying to get motivated here. What are you doing? What are you doing, what are you doing to me? Dummy. And my mom had I'm, passed I'm away. I'm still flustered. I'm still flustered. Everything's breaking on me. I, you know. oh. oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, actually, uh, I can handle it, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a personal thing with this particular song. The only song that uh, that will bring tears to my eyes at this point. But uh, that was that back in the summer of 98. This is the summer of 22. And, uh, well, you got to be strong, man. Come on. Come on. Pull yourself together, God damn it, Bernie. What happened? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we were talking about uh, a 2024 uh, and, and, and no, actually, uh, Deb Valentine was talking about it as well. Just in the break, reminded me uh, last night uh, you had uh, Stephen Colbert. He had that that, that dingbat, as I call her. Uh, Bill O'Reilly likes that dingbat, a blast from the past. Anyway, that's what she is. The woman is stupid. She's an idiot, and and, and our whole our whole uh, domestic policy is based on what she wants. Well, who is this? You haven't named the woman yet. Oh, it's AOC. AOC, okay. AOC, yeah. Okay. yeah. I don't know if you're talking about Nancy AOC. Pelosi or Kamala Harris. Yeah. Could be any There's one of them, okay. A lot of dingbats out there. You're right about that. So so Colbert has AOC on, and he's just kissing her ass. It's really disgusting. This guy has no shame, no dignity whatsoever. Uh, anyway, the big booty Latina was sitting there on the guest couch, and Colbert says this to her about 24, cut 34. Please, Justin. Uh, I know somebody who's going to turn 35 uh, about a month before the election in 2024. And uh, they represent New York's 14th. Uh I mean, come on. Running for president? I, I know she's been, 
Her name has uh-huh. been bandied about, mm-hmm. but uh, she didn't really didn't respond whatsoever. You think that's a possibility? Maybe not this time. Uh, certainly in her lifetime, she she will run for president. Yes, and, and and again, as crazy as it sounds, because she's a moron. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I know Errol Lewis wants to bang her, I think, and so does Colbert and everybody else. But she's a moron. But when you look at the rest of the uh, folks running, Pete Buttigieg, Gavin Newsom, Whitmer, uh, Harris. Yeah. You look at that roster of folks and AOC running, all of a sudden doesn't sound that insane. I mean, it does to you and I because we're smart people, but on that side, she would have to become one of the favorites right away. No? Yeah, she would. She would. Uh, no, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it I this don't time either. around. I don't either. 24 whatsoever. Maybe 32, something like and, that, maybe. And she would need to be married. I mean, no, we have, uh, I don't think, I think maybe one president in history was single when he was elected. I think that was James Buchanan. Look at you. And, be- and before <laughs> before Joe Biden, he was considered the worst president in the history of the country. Well, Jimmy Carter was before Joe Biden after Buchanan, but you're right. You're right. No, uh, no, no, uh, no. But the worst president ever, he was even considered worse than uh, Jimmy than Carter. Carter. Right, B- right. Buchanan. Just right. before... The Civil War, he, uh, you know, he just allowed it to all fall apart. Well, well to your nothing. point, though, about AOC, she is engaged. She's, she has a, a she fiance. Is, oh, yeah, I was yeah. just going to say. She's, she's getting engaged. married, yeah. yeah. She's engaged to this uh, big, uh, uh, you know, white, whiter than uh, this paper that my notes are written on. Uh, this redhead, <laughs> this ginger idiot. And, she, you know, she's, she claims to be this, this hood kind of chick. And she's got this doofus from, uh, I don't know, he looks like Prince, Prince Harry. I mean, that's how white he is. I mean, it's just gross. So anyway, yeah, she's going to get married to this guy, but he doesn't make enough money. Guy's uh, he's a Louis. He, he, she she actually she put him on her payroll. Uh, you got to go for you know ditch this guy and get somebody that uh, you Bro, know that can write it down. Up with, she'll be with that? she'll be with a Rod in three months. Now that Probably. is a huge Latino. Forget about a Rod and J Lo. A Rod and AOC. I can see it. Yep, the big booty Latino oh, and yeah. uh, a Rod. This way she can run with those. People. Right, but. Uh, I don't know if she, maybe if she, she spends too much time in the celebrity world, it might hurt her prospects for office. I don't know. I really don't know. But to, speaking of prospects for office, and uh, this is what Deb talked about, Ron DeSantis, uh, the idiots on the View actually they actually invited Ron DeSantis to come on the View. Believe it or not, after some of the things they said about him, so he wrote back a letter, or his uh, staff person wrote back a letter. And enumerated all the uh, the vicious, the gross insults. Ron Death Santis, which you'll hear in this a uh, little bit of a montage that we have. Uh, so, cut twenty-eight. The view. Uh, this is what they enumerated: the uh, the insults again, the slanderous, uh, the comments they made about Ron DeSantis on the view. Cut twenty-eight. Please play it, uh, Justin. You're just short of calling him a, a negligent homicidal sociopath. Because that's what he is. He's risking the lives of children, children's parents, their their grandparents, anyone they may come in contact with, so that he could appeal to his white supremacist base. Jeff Santos. I, I think he's a fascist and a bigot. It's anti-black. It's anti-gay. It's anti-LGBTQ+. It's anti-American. And it started with CRT. So if you start coming after black people, what comes next, right? Of course, the LGBTQ plus yeah. community, and then women, and then other marginalized right. groups. Of course. Oh, well, sure, I'll be right there. What, 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 what date do you want me? Let me know. I'll make arrangements. I'll be in New York City, and uh, we'll have a good time. Get the F out of here. What are you, nuts? Going on the, on the view, Ron DeSantis, like that's going to end well for him. 
remember that you don't remember. Maybe you do. I don't know. A big bad Bill O'Reilly had a book out, and he was invited on The View. And O'Reilly, well, he took up the invitation. Cut 29, this is, uh, Justin. O'Reilly went on The View, and these, these, these snowflake idiots, these vicious hags, they all got up and walked off the set. Literally got up and left. O'Reilly was the only one sitting on the couch. I remember that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here it is. Cut twenty nine. This is this is classic. Bill O'Reilly coming up this morning on the show as well. Cut twenty nine. O'Reilly on the View. Uh, I guess seven years ago or something like that. Check this out. The mosque down here on nine eleven. That's inappropriate. It's it's sure they have a right to do it. And, and, and in the Constitution, but it's inappropriate because a lot of the 9-11 families, who I know, say, look, we don't want that. Yeah, that shouldn't really, be there. That? But what that's about, Bill, why are we saying inappropriate? Why is it inappropriate when 70 families died? What killed us on 9-11? No, no, right? Oh, my God. Shut up. Muslims didn't kill us on 9-11? Is that what you're saying? Excuse me, extremists. What religion were they in? What religion was Mr. McVeigh? Mr. McVeigh was an extremist as well, and he killed people. You don't sit here, then get up, you stupid wench. Good for you, Bill O'Reilly. Good for Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I remember years ago when um, Imus, who, by the way, I, I reread some sitting, of my listen, book he, this morning. He and was I, sitting on the couch all by himself. I know. And, 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 it's hilarious. and I called Imus a schmuck in my book. But I remember years ago when Imus went on The View. And uh, he went on with Deirdre. I think, Bernie, you remember better than me, I think Deirdre was promoting her book, I think. But yes, of, Don yes, went was. with her, and they were together on The View. And I remember thinking, how cool would it be if Don did the same thing that Bill did? You know, uh, Don was before, obviously. But now that I think about it in retrospect, it would have been cool if Don did what Bill did. And uh, just, uh, you know, he walked off first before those girls had a chance to walk off. Oh, no way would he do that. He would no. never do that? No, and, and, and especially, especially he wanted to promote his wife's book. But, no, he would go on and try to, you know, you know make friends. He you know, would, Bill right. O'Reilly is like, you know, he wants to he wants to duke it out with him. There's no question. Imus doesn't want any part of that. No, he wants you're right. no part of that. He doesn't like that. Well, he didn't like he, – he never liked that kind of face-to-face -face confrontation stuff. He never did. Even that time that uh, Howard Stern called in, <laughs> he hated that. But he so good. he had no way out of it. He had no way oh, out of it. That so was uh, that was the time when, uh, well, uh, Howard Stern was killing Imus about his um, about his ranch. He was calling it his vacation home about that ranch, and that that was a big deal because it was uh, you know it was a ranch for kids with cancer and all that. His resort. He, he was like it's like Imus's resort. He uh, called it. Yeah, Stern. exactly. And yeah. it used to. Uh, it used to st it just stick in Imus's crawl like you couldn't believe because, uh, you know, because the, 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 he was being criticized for the ratio of amount of kids that come out per year versus what it costs because the, the, only, the kids only came out in the summertime and it was a year-round operation and, and they lived on the ranch. So even Elliot Spitzer did, did a big investigation of it and it, it cleared Imus and said, no, no, he's doing everything on the up-and-up. Technically, he's doing everything on the up-and-up. But that didn't stop Stern from saying what he was saying. So Imus says to me, listen, how can we get back at Howard Stern? And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there in the office with him, as I did every morning, and Lou Rufino as well. And I said, how about I, I come up with a bit? I, I, you know, I'll be, I'll, be, uh, I'll be Jason Williams from the Nets, 
and I'll pretend that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm having sex with Howard Stern's wife. Jason Williams, the same guy that uh, shot his limo driver. Yeah. yeah. Jason Williams. Yeah, what's up, Ivers, man? Yeah, man, you, you white boys is funny, man. You know what I'm saying? Charles McCord, you off the hook, man. You know what I'm saying, right? So I did. That was a great I wrote bit. a bit, and it was all about me and, uh, and Howard Stern's wife. Now, did you call her a horse face in that bit? I may have. Yeah. Yeah, because that, that really pissed off Stern, I think, also. And, and that she had pimples on her ass. Right. And, and, yeah, man, I, used to, I split that, uh, you know what, like a wishbone. You know what I'm saying, I was man? Uh, so anyway, that infuriated Howard Stern, infuriated him. And, of course, he knew I was just uh, a hired gun, and it wasn't me. So he went, you know, he went after uh, Imus. He didn't really directly go after me, and, but he was still so infuriated by it that he called in to the Imus show. Well, Gary the, called in, right? Didn't you pick up the phone? Well, it was Delabate? Gary called in first. Right. I picked up the phone, and I told Imus. He says, well, put him on. And so the two of them went at it, but Imus hated every minute. Oh, I loved it. I was sitting in the studio with Imus and Charles, and you know how it is, my hero. Even though I loved Imus and worked with I loved him. I worked with Imus all those years with you, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Imus and Stern are actually fighting on the – like, you'll <laughs> never get – Vern, you'll never get – I mean – I'm sorry, you'll, you'll never get that again. Never. No, no, you never will. In fact, i got to get a clip of that somehow or other, and, and, and a clip of the bit itself. Yeah, we should get that We should and, and play it here, Bernie's bit. Yeah. Because I remember the bit, you were, you were almost cursed. You were hilarious. When you did all those bits. Well, yesterday no, in the post-show meeting, we were listening to uh, Jamal from, right, from the Bronx. But people always bring up Jamal. They always bring up uh, Antoine from the Bronx. They bring up the Cardinal. But uh, that was only a, a small percentage of what Bernie did. And I was only there for five years every day. Bernie was there for, who knows, 30. But uh, the Jason Williams stuff was amazing. I mean, Bernie did a whole bunch of great stuff. Yeah, but that day, that Williams bit, you were outrageous. And then what followed was just uh, was just historic. It was amazing. Yeah, it really, uh, it really touched a nerve, as I knew it would with uh, Howard Stern, which is why I did it. And, uh, you know, again, it, it prompted a phone call from this guy. That's how, that's how furious he was. Yeah. But, yeah, man, that's what I was doing with, with these white boys. I was, man, you know what I'm saying, man? Patrick Ewing, I'll punch him right in the face. Patrick Ewing actually thought, Patrick Ewing actually thought that, that it was actually uh, Jason Williams. Yes. Because it was not only, it, was, it wasn't a caricature of Jason Williams. It sounded exactly like Jason Exactly. Williams. Yes. Not to pat myself on the back. No, you did. It, I, I, I was friends with Jason for a long, long time. Exactly like Jason Williams. Exactly. It fooled, it fooled Patrick Ewing, and it fooled, he wrote in his book, Jason Williams, that it fooled not only Patrick Ewing, but also Jason Williams' dad called him <laughs> up one day. And he says, man, what are you doing? I heard you on Imus. Oh, my God. What are you saying? You can't say that. Oh. And uh, he says, no, dad, that wasn't, that wasn't me. That oh, was, my God. That was, that's uh, great. I never knew that. Yeah, it's in his book called uh, his book called Loose Balls. <laughs> that I know. Wrote a book yeah, called book. Yep, yep. Loose Balls, and he wrote that in his book. So, right. anyway, that was a funny. Uh, I I don't know how we got uh, off track there, but uh, that was <laughs> Imus versus Howard Stern. Now back to the uh, this uh, this this primary on Tuesday, and I mentioned uh, last hour Trump. Now ninety three percent. He's got uh, what was it? What was the stat I put out? One hundred thirty five to ten. 135 victories of endorsements and 10 that he lost. So he's got a good track. And one of them was this woman, Carrie Lake. And she's going to go up against uh, the governor, Ducey. And now it's not official yet. She's still ahead, but it's not official. Uh, but now she's uh, pulled way ahead. This is Arizona, folks. In Arizona. It's yeah. going to become official sometime today. That's right. Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey. 
Carrie Lake is the opposition. She's a former TV anchor, and she is good, man. She really is uh, sharp. She, she's, again, TV anchor. She's got that TV experience. And anyway, here she is on, on election night. They were asking her to concede because she was down. And she's like, I'm not conceding. We got other counties to count. Uh, anyway, cut 25. This is Carrie Lake saying I'm not conceding on Tuesday night. Go ahead. What will make you concede an election? When the votes are counted, when the legal votes are counted, we're going to win. When the legal votes are counted, we're going to win. You realize that most of the Election Day ballots haven't been counted. Hopefully you're astute enough to know that, because I don't think you are. But when the legal votes are counted, when the day of votes are counted, we're winning seven to ten, seven to three in the legal uh, day of the val- ballots. So when they're counted, we're going to win. And if they're Thank you. Counted, the election, when all legal votes are counted, then I will concede, but I'm not going to concede because we're going to win. When all legal votes are counted and tallied, I think my opponent's going to be conceding, but right. probably before so, that. Oh, that's good enough. So the bottom line is she didn't concede, and they wanted it to Tuesday night, and a good thing she didn't because she's going to win. But you heard her say right there, if you were astute enough, and I don't think you are, that's just a minor, uh, a small snippet of, uh, the, the, you know, her, her pugnacity. She will go throw down with any of these <laughs> fake news reporters. And uh, she's great. Carrie Lake. Anyway, that is a good word, gov- by the way. Pugnacity. That's a, that's a Walt Frazier uh, word right there. Yeah, pugnacious. Yeah. Pugnacious. Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, those guys were pugnacious. Yes, pugnacious <laughs> and tenacious. I guess you would put the two that's together. Right, Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen, we got Big Bad Bill O'Reilly. Listen, we really have, no joke, Joel Osteen is coming up on the show. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Sid loves Joel Osteen. Sid Rosenberg, that's right, my Jewish friend. He's a big fan. And anyway, it's going to be an interesting listen. Of course, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly as well. We're coming right back on the Bernie and Sid Show. Keep it where it is. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, China busy rattling sabers over Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Predictable. The Xi government will eventually make a move to subjugate the capitalist island, as it did with Hong Kong, but nobody knows the timetable. By electing a weak leader, Joe Biden, the American people have raised their own personal security risk. Xi and Putin fear Donald Trump to some degree. They do not fear Joe Biden. Democrats in general support a soft foreign policy where the USA does not throw its weight around. So now we are seeing Putin take advantage of that in Ukraine and she may follow. Let's hope not, but he could. The fact that President Biden is a short timer means China has a fairly quick decision to make. Does it start a war with Taiwan, which of course would involve the USA, but that would hurt Beijing economically as massive sanctions would be applied to that country? Or do the Chinese communists act in a bellicose way without pulling the trigger? Again, no one knows. What we do know is that the Chinese government is dangerous to the world. And why Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan pretty much remains a mystery. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis 
later on. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. on your sunny, hot Thursday morning. I was reading uh, Mark Cannizzaro this morning. This is uh, the dog days of summer, which Bernie just mentioned. That's the case with NFL training camps. They just, they don't know what the hell to write about. And he actually did a column today on Joe Flacco being Zach Wilson's backup. I mean, God, Joe Flacco. Look, I was in New Orleans. I was there in Louisiana when Joe Flacco and the Baltimore Ravens defeated Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I was there. Spent the whole week on Radio Row in New Orleans at the time of my life. But that was a long time ago. And Flacco was like 100 years old. He's the backup for the Jets. They used to have a guy, uh, the Jets, they would bring him back uh, every couple of years. He was like 105, and that is the pride of Elmont, Long Island, Vinny Testaverde. And uh, Vinny had the Jets all the way to the AFC Championship game one year and uh, nearly had him in the Super Bowl. But uh, a couple of bad fumbles cost the Jets that game. But he, uh, he had a great year, and then the Jet fans were excited because he was coming back the next year. And in week one, he blew out his Achilles. So anyway, it's a funny burn because you get these uh, fans. Like I know Joe Nolan, for example, I think two days ago went to Jet training camp where it's 115 degrees in the shade, a bunch of fat guys walking around, some with, I guess, uniforms, some not, and they don't do anything. And you just kind of sit there and watch these guys sweat, and you're like, oh, my God, what a great time at Jet Camp today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I love football, yeah. too. Don't get me wrong. But, my God, I mean, what kind of loser, uh, Joe Nolan, what kind of loser does something like that when they're, not, when they're not getting paid for it? Yeah, well, it's a mystery to me. You know, it wouldn't be – you'd never, you'd never catch me there. No. You'd catch me – you'd sooner catch me hanging out on the corner, uh, you, you know, in Bed-Stuy or something. Right. And, uh, yeah, well – by the way, I'm going to Giant. By the way, I'm going to Giant Camp next week. But don't worry about me. That's fine. I'm, fine. No, that's fine. Well, you have an ulterior motive. <laughs> By the way, Jets Camp used to be really, really close to me. It was right up the road from me, like 20 minutes away. Well, where was uh, that? Oh, was it Hofstra? That's right. Yes. Hofstra. In yes. fact, that's uh, my kids. Uh, Kellenberg, the high school is uh, located right there, and so is uh, so obviously Hofstra University, where my son graduated from, yeah. where he went to school. Yeah, I remember when uh, when I was doing the midday show at the Fan with Joe Beningo, they were still having their training camp at Hofstra, and uh, Herman Edwards, you remember him? You Herm, play yeah. to win the game. A brilliant uh, statement by one Herman Edwards. Yeah. He <laughs> he was the coach, and um, and I covered all these training camps with uh, Beningo and Jody McDonald. Went to Albany. That was a bitch to cover the Giants. You know, Jim Fossil, then Tom Coughlin, who hated everybody. And uh, it was just, it was, it was miserable. It was terrible. But um, anyway, you got to go through all those rigors just to get to the football season 
when everybody is, is seemingly happy. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure about this year. I think these two teams may combine to win less games than the Buffalo Bills, but we'll see. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The great Bill O'Reilly, the ratings grabber of the week, not just on Bernie and Sid. There is not one segment on this whole station that gets the ratings. Bill O'Reilly gets with me and Bernie, 840 every Thursday morning. And then at 925, as Bernie has pointed out twice this morning, Joel Osteen, the man that has brought me closer and closer to Jesus. He'll be here yeah. at 925. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here on Bernie and Sid, you heard everywhere at 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And it is a, uh, well, it's Friday Eve, folks. I love that uh, phrase. I think I, I think I coined it, I, honestly. I, believe, I really believe I coined it, but uh, I may have been hallucinating. No, I, I think don't you know. did. I mean, there are a couple uh, things you say about weekdays that I never heard in my life before, you. One is uh, Friday Eve. One is TGIM. I want to punch you across that the I face every time you say it. Definitely, right? definitely coined that. Stupid, no doubt about but it. But funny. Um, so these are all these weekday things for some reason. You were probably yeah. coked up at like 5 o'clock in the morning. and um, Yeah, and I, I came created up it, wrote it down, and then it, it becomes very useful. But it's the, funny. Some funny. of those coked up sessions have paid dividends. Oh, oh, oh I know. <laughs> Half of those cardinals that uh, you ever listen to, <laughs> there you go. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's the after effect that kills you with that oh, stuff. I know. Hey, listen, you mentioned uh, before I get into uh, you know some serious, more serious stuff. The Mets uh, they won big last night. That yeah. Vogelbach, yep. with a, a grand slam. And I remember when they acquired him, and I'm looking at this guy and I said, this guy does not look like an athlete. That's why you love him. You love those big, fat baseball players. I do remember the uh, Bartolo, Bartolo Colon? Yes, you loved him. I loved him, and he yeah. had a personality to go along with it. Yep, yep. And this guy here, this guy looks like, uh, I mean, I mean, he doesn't even look like he could golf, for God's sakes. <laughs> and he came in, and I, and I heard him talking. And, and, and he's he was, pretty good. I mean, you know, it's funny. It's about two weeks ago, I'm having dinner at a local Mexican restaurant. which I was there last night again, this place, Pico, with my kids. And the Yankees were playing the Pirates. And some guy gets up with the Pirates in the bottom of the first, and he hits like a 1,000-foot home run. 
and I'm watching the game, Michael K. Daniel Vogelbach. Never heard of the guy before, to be honest with you, and haven't heard of anything since. And now he's on the Mets, and he did hit 12 home runs in Pittsburgh. So this guy comes with a pretty decent resume, but you're right. He's a big, fat guy, and you yeah. got to love those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, God bless him. And then the Grand Slam last night. So uh, I, I, I do. I love this guy, especially because he's a winner on top of everything else. I mean, uh, so when he first came, they were interviewing him, and he's like, well, you know, I'm going to have bad days. I'm like, what? And, uh, yeah, but uh, you just got to keep it cool. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, uh, I mean, who trades for some big, fat, uh, you know, <laughs> Out of shape, or he's 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 not he's, he's not, not out of young, shape. He's though. not a spring chicken, but he's not out of shape. That's so they look. It's like listen, like I said with NFL training camp. If you go today with uh, the great Ira, you know that guy always called WFAN, still does big Jet fan. He sits yep. out there every day and sweltering. You remember Ira the Jet fan? Ira from Staten Island, of course. Right. So you'll watch all these big guys, the offensive linemen, and you'll be like, oh, those guys are out of shape. In the meantime. They're not. They run the 40 in, like, really good times. They can lift a billion pounds. So some of these base, like Cecil Fielder, he was a big, fat guy. I remember, yeah. But they're not out of shape. I mean, those guys are still professional athletes. The point is, don't judge a book by its cover, That's right. right. I I, I made a snap judgment of this guy Vogelback, and I'm thinking, what did the Mets do? (laughs) And it turns out, and you know, the guy's guy's fantastic. So uh, that's my little uh, digression, my little aside back to – some more serious stuff with the imbecile in chief yesterday who still he has not tested negative he's still uh you know isolated and uh you know he's he's wearing a mask he's at his desk and he's got a pen and they, they, they want you to think he's actually working it's really a joke it's a total joke this idiot uh, anyway he makes me sick by the way biden for many many reasons he's a pervert he's corrupt he's ruined this country so when you hear me talk so, uh, you know, in a really vicious, negative way about him. That's the reason why, folks. He's not a harmless old man. He's a bad, evil guy is what he is. Anyway, uh, this is him yesterday signing an order, uh, an executive order on abortion. He's, you know, he's trying to make it easy after uh, Roe versus Wade was turned, overturned for people to travel from once, whatever the hell it is. doesn't even matter. Uh, he's signing it, and uh, he, he, he just doesn't know what he's doing. Cut number five. Uh, check this out. Do I sign this order now? I'm going to sign this executive order right now, okay? Do I sign this order now? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what you're there for. That's what the pen is for. That's what the order is in front of you. It's for your signature. It's not, not complicated there, stupid. Not complicated at all. Uh, but anyway, you have that and, and the rift between him and Pelosi and him not commenting on Pelosi's uh, trip to Taiwan. And Bill O'Reilly asked a great question just uh, in his report there, which is one that I've been asking for. I've been asking, uh, you know, ever since this whole issue came up, the question as to why Pelosi went to Taiwan in the first place. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, quote, unquote, uh, why did Pelosi, uh, why Pelosi went to Taiwan remains a mystery. So really? nobody knows. Why no, did no, she come go? On. No, that's, come on. Why'd she go? What? Because, right, well, because they're all because, because I will because we we know that China has been amassing troops there for a long time. This comes from Gordon Chang, and uh, we are uh, we are with the Taiwanese people, and she went there to to show the solidarity. What, what's what's so hard to figure out? Now you no, may not like the timing, we, we, and you don't we, like her. Those that's fine. We, but why ask the question? Why we already had solidarity. Everything was in place. We already had. No, no, it. no. no we, you need somebody to go there. Come no, on. No, 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 no. Listen, she went there for. Uh, she went there. Let's face it. I figured it out finally. 
uh, to deflect from her husband going to court yesterday. By the way, the the whole useless taxpayer-funded junket to Asia, she's flying on Air Force Two. You know how much all this crap costs? Yeah. For what? What is she doing? She's not negotiating anything. I agree with you. Uh, I think it's it's smart of you, actually, that she may have done that on that day. But, again, i got to keep bringing this up just to keep you honest. If it was a Trump guy, you would be saying, great job. You wouldn't care about taxpayer dollars. You'd be talking about the solidarity, how Trump cares about Taiwan. And I hate Nancy Pelosi just as much as you do. And I know she's a waste of time and all those things. But don't ask the question, why, when the Taiwanese are being are looking at being attacked by China every day. That's we should exactly- have some. There. She's got this. 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 She's an 82-year-old uh, washed-up alcoholic. She is, but she's the speaker. I mean, I hate to say so it. So what? Well, we but she, but she's in, there. It's their administration. We don't need her going over there exacerbating tensions. Oh, come in, you on. know, for no good damn reason. <laughs> so if it was a year ago and Mike Pompeo went, you'd be okay because he's a Trump guy. I, hey, listen, I would be much more comfortable. You'd be okay. That we wouldn't you, have a woke military. That if, if God forbid, no. war broke out, we could win it. We can I'm win not it so now. Sure. Yes, we can. Uh, not with not with Millie and General I, Austin. I, I, who and, cares and the about them? They're not fighting. They're not going to be on the front lines. Our kids are out there, and we're still going to win. So I'm not about to say right now we can't beat China or anybody across the world, even though I agree they're woke and those guys are no good. Oh, listen, I, 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 I don't like Pelosi, but I think it's 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 a little it's a little obvious that because you don't like her, and you're not the only one. That that is your issue here. Uh, the actual move that she made, yeah, I don't uh, you, like would, her. you you would have congratulated Trump and that administration if he did the same thing. And that's that's where I think it's not it's not because fair. I think they're true patriots. I, I think she's she's not. I she's agree. A phony. I agree. The only thing that came out of this whole thing was that she looks good. She didn't even bring a Republican congressman with her because she's that petty. No. It should have been a bipartisan trip. It wasn't. And uh, and again, the only thing that came out of it was that she looks good. After all, and, and the money that was squandered on this trip, for God's sakes, and we wasted all this time and this stress this week because of it. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. anyway, the I, woman makes me sick. I my wasn't stomach. stressed. I got to be honest. <laughs> I'll never give her credit for. Anything I understand ever. that. Well, at least you're being honest. She ripped up the stupid. Uh, I remember. The, the it wasn't stupid. It was a good speech actually that night. Yeah, she's a vicious, uh, petty little uh, drunk. And I can't stand her. But 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 uh, both things could be true. She could be all those things, which she is, which she is, and the trip could still be okay. It makes sense. Yeah, I don't understand yeah, why. Yeah. Theoretically, it's possible. Right. right. Okay. All right. Listen, uh, Pennsylvania, you got a you got a race there. It's not so tight, sadly. Doctor Oz is trailing this dude, uh, John Fetterman. Is he getting killed? He's but he's a good ten points behind. Oh boy. Good ten points, but uh, it's still you know it's the summertime, so. Uh, People don't start paying attention, as we talked about earlier, until after Labor Day. So uh, keep hope alive is what I'm saying. But either way, a Fetterman was, uh, you know, there's some challengers. He's got a primary to face. Uh, there's, there are other, they're not challengers. They're actually uh, vying for the nomination themselves. He's not, uh, he's not in office yet. He's just, he's an upstart. Anyway, uh, and he lo- looks like a wacko. He's bald. He's got a, uh, he's got a mustache. I-, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he sounds. And uh, anyway, he got some. Let's listen to the question that was asked of him uh, just yesterday at the primary. Cut number four, please, uh, Justin. Do you believe transgender women should be allowed to play on women's sports teams at the youth, youth through college level? Yes. So the question is, do you believe that transgender women should be allowed to play against uh, other women at, at the K through, uh, you know, K, K through 12 and beyond college level, et cetera, et cetera? Yes. Now, what's wrong with that question? The question should have been phrased, 
Do you believe biological men right. should be that? See, that's right. the bias and dishonesty of the press. Yes. Yeah. When you say transgender women, women, it sounds well. Yeah. I mean, and, and nobody, you know, it, for the ignorant, uh, the, the everyday, you know, person who's working for a living and is not paying much attention, doesn't sound like it's such a bad proposition, right? But if you say biological men. Excuse me? Right. Biological men should compete with women? That's the way the question should have been asked. That's a big difference. You're right. Yep. Huge difference. And this guy, by the way, he knows the difference. And he's like, yeah. And we're supposed to. So you will, you're for men competing against women in women's sports. Oh, really? You're a real feminist there, fool. This gets John Fetterman. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Raj, you got to step it up and beat this creep. You got to. I mean, and we need it so bad. We have to take back the Senate as well as the House. It's just, I mean, if we don't take it. If we uh, oh, just just imagine if we don't even take back the house, how horrible this was, was going to be. Uh, so anyway, you may, may have seen this clip went viral just yesterday, and it is a, a clip of uh, an Asian woman in a San Francisco housing complex, and you have these three black teenagers, and they went at it. They 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 beat the crap out of this woman, and then they came back, and the woman's laying on the floor, and then one of the teenagers is. Gives her a kick right to the face with the, the 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 heel of his foot. I mean, it was so so disturbing to watch. It was horrible. So these and and there's been a rash. So uh, you know, the woman got slashed in Times Square. She was an Asian woman. The perp was black, and another woman was cold cocked on Fifth Avenue. Uh, of course, the perp was black. So it's all these young black males, relatively young black males assaulting uh, elderly Asian women. It's become a phenomenon. And the media, for the most part, ignore it because, well, well, again, look who the perps are. So anyway, this guy, Kenny Zhu, you and I had him on the show. He wrote a book called An Inconvenient Minority. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, remember that? And, and yes. they are an inconvenient minority because they come here, uh, do the Asians, and uh, y y they succeed wildly. They, they, they're impoverished. They don't speak the language. They work hard. And they make it, and they make it. You can do that in this country as people of color. No matter who you are, you can do it. And that that completely destroys the narrative of, of systemic racism is holding people back. Shut up. The inconvenient minority uh, give lie to that particular notion. Anyway, Kenny Zhu on this uh, black male uh, attacking uh, elderly Asian women phenomenon. Kenny Zhu on all that. Cut 18, please. Asian Americans right now are in the middle of a political crisis because they are being taught a narrative about our country that does not comport with their experience. They're yes. being taught that America is a racist country against them and that it's white Trump supporters that are targeting them. But their experience in San Francisco and Brooklyn is showing it's not the whites that are targeting them and it's not Trump supporters that are targeting them. Instead, as I show in my book, An Inconvenient Minority, they're being targeted by progressives. Progressives are the ones who are trying to discriminate against Asian Americans in college admissions, and now they're trying to hide Asian American hate crimes because it does not comport with their one-sided racial narrative. That's what's going on in this country. Bingo. Exactly right. Uh, well, that uh, we still don't know what, what's up with these black males attacking the elderly Asian women. We know it's happening. We don't know why it's happening. Lastly, very quick... Uh, you know, uh, Biden, yeah, Biden killed al-Zawahiri. Uh, good for the military. They did it. And, uh, you know, a, a thumbs up to the uh, idiot stooge, imbecile in chief, for giving the thumbs up. Anyway, here's uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Hakeem Jeffries, and somebody else 
praising Biden for killing al-Zwahiri. Cut number 30, please. President Biden scored a key strategic victory after an unmanned drone strike in Afghanistan took out al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zwahiri. The Biden administration can point to this as a, as a success story. That is a victory for America, uh, but a victory, of course, led by President Biden and our intelligence community. Well, my question is, are these jerk-offs saying the same thing when Trump took out not one, Ah. not one, but two deadly killers, ISIS and that uh, lowlife that he blew up in in Afghanistan? You are brilliant, Sidney. Here is the fake news when Trump did kill the terrorist Soleimani. Here are the fake news. Cut 31, please. Killing Soleimani would not have stopped an imminent attack any more than, I guess, (laughs) killing Eisenhower would have stopped D-Day. Is it safer today? Or was it safer before Soleimani was killed? Just just speaking today in terms of those Americans. It was safer before Soleimani was killed. They don't defend Soleimani, but they also don't think that a president should be an imperial president and just assassinate people whenever he damn well feels like it when there's not an imminent threat. So let me get this straight, though, because I heard there from, I I recognize the voices, Joe Scarborough, Jake Tapper, people who have daily shows, make a ton of money. This guy's a hari who was uh, a part of the 9-11 mastermind. Uh, That was 20-something years ago. How would that, uh, how would he be considered a quote-unquote imminent threat? Exactly right. No, no, it's total inconsistency. Soleimani was a, a, an active threat. So yes. He was pretty much retired. He was killing people that, that, the day before Soleimani. This guy hasn't done a thing in years. Exactly. This guy's eating American. dinner at 430 on the porch like he's in Delray Beach. By the way, yeah, with these Hellfire missiles, which amazingly shot from drones, they actually shot out uh, blades. You know, what? it wasn't an explosion. Oof. They were like blades that ripped them apart. Oh, that's hot. Amazing technology <laughs> that, that we have here hot. in the United States. Save uh, some of those for Nicholas Cruz down in Parkland. Uh, yeah, that's how we should kill these uh, mass murderers. Right. On pay-per-view, that's brilliant as well. Here on the Bernie and Sitchell, look, Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, he is coming up. Also, Joel Osteen, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Forever Young at 8.07 on your hot Thursday morning. 
Usually I take the 11.15 ferry home. Not today. I'll be taping a segment for Newsmax and uh, Johnny Tobacco kind enough to help promote my book. I'll be doing a tour of that for the next month. Four different states and a whole bunch of TV shows and radio shows, including Mark Levin, Brian Kilmeade, hopefully Rosanna Scotto, and a host of others. But every once in a while, Bernard, on the uh, ferry ride home, 54 minutes, I get into conversations. Usually, I don't want to be bothered. I'm getting sun. Literally, I spray 50 on my head and my base when the ferry takes off, and I treat it as a one-hour tanning session. Plus, it's a bunch of filthy vermin on that boat anyway. can't stand these kids. Every now and then, somebody sitting next to me is is approachable and doesn't look like that, and uh, we talk, you know. So a couple of weeks ago, I told these guys, I had a conversation with a young lady who lives on the Upper East Side who's from Iran, and she moved in when she was 13 years old. Well, yesterday, sitting next to me was this uh, blonde girl, also lives on the Upper East Side, and she's from the Ukraine. And uh, got into a little bit of a conversation, and it's funny because I'm always worried they listen because... Like, for example, you and I had Max in studio a couple of weeks ago, the big star from Dancing with the Stars. And he's from the Ukraine, you know. And uh, you and I helped him and his brother and his father. It's a great segment. We helped them raise money. But you and I are on record, and there is no gray area here. You and I are on record saying, hey, listen, good luck to the Ukrainians. We felt badly for them, but not our problem. Leave us alone you know, kill each other, do what you got to do. Stop sending money there. So as soon as this girl starts a conversation, I always wonder and worry, oh, my God, does she know that me and Bernie uh-huh. are, are, are. But then, I, of course, I come to realize blonde girl, Upper East Side, can't listening to us. And uh, as it turns out, she isn't. She's not a Trump supporter. She's a Democrat. But uh, in the end, she, she actually said that uh, she hates this administration, hates them. And believes that even though they've sent over billions and billions of dollars in arms and all these things, she doesn't believe that we've done nearly enough. <laughs> How about that? Unbelievable. I know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it's never enough. It's never enough. Uh, it, it, you know, that's why we shouldn't bother with it in the first place. Uh, it, the, they're ingrates, they're absolute total ingrates. And the, Le- the Zelensky government, these people are corrupt. They, they were the ones, well, they're just corrupt. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that the Ukrainian government's have been corrupt forever, including this one. No difference. And uh, the, 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 the big questions out there right now is where are our arms going? Right, uh, right. They, you know, they're going to arms dealers. They're selling them to people like the Iranian uh, government. Wouldn't shock, uh, wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't and shock when, me. And so I said to her, I said, well, Zelensky, I said, aren't you upset that, you know, because her parents still live there, her 31-year-old brother still lives there. He can't leave because he may have to fight. I said, aren't you upset that your president who walks the streets and he's, uh, you know, he's wringing his hands and he feels terrible. He's doing magazine shoots with servicemen and his, and his wife. Does that upset you? And her exact quote to me was, well, wait a second. You like Donald Trump, don't you? In other words, he's not that different than the guy that we like, Donald Trump, Zelensky. There's no analogy. There's no, no yeah, it is. Cause she was trying to say, no, he, she was trying to say he likes the limelight. He likes to be the guy. We're not at war. You don't do that type of stuff uh, when, when, when you, you know, you have guys dying out. You should be, you should be managing the war. You, you have time to, uh, for photo shoots with your glamorous wife. Now, something stinks here. That, that sh- uh, photo shoot. 
Yep. I, I think he jumped the gun with a lot of Not Americans. only that, but he was also on the Academy Awards. He's been on Stephen Colbert. I mean, what the? Are yeah, you I kidding me? He jumped a shark with that uh, photo shoot. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I, and, and I'm glad because maybe it woke a lot of Americans up. But look, we're not just sending arms. $54 billion, maybe $60 billion of money we don't have a, a time of inflation. It contributes to inflation. And it, we're not just sending arms. We're, we're actually nation-building. We're building this money is going to like their government agencies to rebuild this, to rebuild that. That's what our money It's not yeah. arms to the uh, troops to no. fight the Russians. No. And we shouldn't be engaged in it. We, we should have learned we did this in Iraq, and uh, they're ingrates. Nobody appreciates it. There's no, no. There's no flags uh, flying in Iraq. That's right. You know, you know, in gratitude and tribute to the American troops who died there because we liberated them from Saddam Hussein. They don't give a crap. No. They, they, hate, they still hate us. Oh, of course they hate us. So Rob Shooter will be in studio tomorrow. Our uh, English friend, the great, and he really is great. You He's even funny. admit it. But he, right? Isn't he great? Yeah, I like that guy. And he'll talk a lot about, uh, I'll give you a hint, the uh, America's couple. These days, it may be Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, who got married a couple of weeks ago. But he's wrong. That's not America's couple. Because I'm starting to find out that America's couple is the mayor of New York City and the governor of New York City. That's right. (laughs) Even though she's married to that guy who runs the concession shops for the Buffalo Bills Stadium. Looks like Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul may be America, at least New York's favorite couple. Because given the opportunity yesterday, Eric Adams, to come out and, and really... Take a shot at Kathy Hochul for what's going on in this city and in this state. Instead, instead, he turned it into a gun conversation and took a shot at Lee Zeldin. This is why Eric Adams is the worst. Eric Adams, number four. I think Governor Hochul and I are aligned on on the public safety uh, issues. We have been in total alignment on public safety is important. Uh, In spite of what uh, people are tempted to say, uh, uh, Lee Zeldin and I are lying at the hip. We must have a broken hip because he clearly doesn't get it. He had voted against all of the uh, responsible gun laws uh, in Congress. He has voted against that. We are not aligned. I'm aligned with Governor Hochul. All right, that's why you suck. So, look, uh, we, we talked about the guy at the mall a couple of weeks ago who had a gun and stopped the carnage when that madman started shooting innocent people. And here's your opportunity, Bernie, to play that audio you played yesterday. And again, today, it's great stuff with the 80-year-old guy. Those gun laws that uh, Eric Adams is holding Lee Lee Zeldin accountable for, we have seen a ton of examples the last couple of weeks where, in fact, innocent people with guns save lives. Exactly right, yes. Uh, I mean, first of all, before I play the clip, yeah, he was aligned with Kathy Hochul when she didn't want to uh, reform the bail laws. Remember, she didn't want to reform yep. them at all. It, was, it wasn't until she was booed at a Ranger hockey game that she said, oh, my God, maybe I better, maybe this thing is resonating with the people, this no-cash bail law and my opposition to reforming it because I'm getting booed at the, the Ranger game in Madison Square Garden in very, very blue New York City. Right. And Adams, uh, too, by the way. Adams was in office for a couple of months before he went to Albany and talked to Heastie, and Heastie said, I'm not doing anything, and Adams stuck his tail between his legs and, and crawled back home. But it wasn't like Adams on day one was yelling and screaming about that. No, no, not at all. And still refuses to, to call out by name passionately uh, the people who are, propping, who are, are protecting this no-cash bail law 
uh, like it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, like it was uh, their life savings, their nest egg, their million dollar life savings or something, whatever it is. Uh, Heasty and Stuart Cousins, they won't put it up for a vote even. Uh, this is cut number uh, eight. Excuse me. Uh, this is the 80-year-old. Cut number 13, the 80-year-old with a rifle that they want to take away from. Uh, they they want to – this guy had one of these uh, – I believe he had an AR-15. I'm not sure. But either way, this is one of the greatest uh, videos. The audio is not bad either. But video-wise, it's better than adult entertainment. The, the <laughs> thugs, the thugs uh, they pull up to his liquor store, and he's watching on a security cam. And uh, they, they back into a spot instead of, uh, you know, the way you normally would park. And he sees them get out with a gun, and he grabs his gun, and they walk in with the gun on the shoulder, cocked and ready to go, and he just lets them have it. Take a listen to this. Yeah. That is good stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that is good. That is beautiful. Oh, that is great stuff. And that's yeah. what the uh, Democrats, they want to stop the good guys from, like that 80-year-old yep. man who, who did that and suffered a minor heart attack afterwards. They want to take those guns away. Yep. If that guy didn't have that gun, I mean, he would have been, he would have been maybe dead. Yep. Maybe dead. And that, that's what uh, Lee Zeldin is voting for, the Second Amendment, and Eric Adams is against. I know he's going to say it's uh, the, the, Ill, the handguns. Well, nobody is voting for illegal handguns. We are voting for legal handguns for for good guys to, to have concealed carried handguns. That's what they're voting for. And Eric Adams doesn't want the good guys to have guns. Bottom line. Let me say this as um, nicely as I can. F Eric Adams. Eight twenty-five Lydia reports. Eight forty Bill O'Reilly and nine twenty-five. The closest thing we can get to Jesus himself, Joel Osteen. All coming up, if the loot dies, on Bernie and Sid. Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. We have the politicians up in Albany, right? They're saying they don't have the stats to back up making any tweaks to the bail reform. Well, we finally got the stats that irrefutably prove that what they have done to our city, those legislators, is is bringing it into, into ruins to actually not just New York City, but Buffalo, Rochester, you name it all over New York State. So here's a stunning statistic for you. More than 80% of those caught with a gun are right back out on the street. So of the, that's uh, just this year alone. They arrested so far cops, about 2,400 people, almost 2,000 of those were just put right back out on the streets. Then here's another statistic. Last year, of the tens of thousands of felony arrests since bail reform began, 
only 3% of those people, only 3% of the tens of thousands that cops have arrested have actually served any time. So once again, as you guys have been mentioning, Mayor Adams, he held a press conference with the police commissioner, but he didn't name and shame anybody. He gave out all the stats, this and that and whatever. So uh, he he said that uh, Hasty was actually going to do something about it. And listen to I'm going to I'm going to listen read to you what Hasty actually released a statement in regards to what Adam's press conference had to say. He said, I'm, he wrote this on Twitter. I'm scratching my head regarding the mayor's recollection of conversations we had. To date, we've received no data from the mayor or his team. My most recent exchange with him was about my dismay that he claims to have data that vastly different differs from what we, we are gathering, what we're reporting. So can you believe this? So the mayor says, hey, he turns over the data to Hasty. They're talking about it. He's gravely concerned. And then Hasty comes out, who's the speaker there. He comes out and says, no, that's a lie. I'm scratching my head. He basically called Mayor Adams a liar and says everything is working. And if you look at Hasty's Twitter, he's, he's consistently backing up the bail reform. That's all he keeps doing. And Senate Majority Leader Andrew Stewart-Cousins on his press conference also said, Everything the mayor cited is something that we've already addressed, especially mm-hmm. his concerns regarding repeat offenders and gun mm-hmm. offenses. Mm-hmm. We're always willing to work with the mayor, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is this is nonsense. Oh, who's well, just look at the Sorry, front page of the New York Post. Ten people, 945 days, 485 crimes. Recidivism uh, is, all, is, is caused because of these uh, no cash bail. Which we know, we heard Mr. Mr. Katz has been pointing that out forever, and a lot of other people as well. So uh, Heasty, I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. On, on the stats, it's clear. It, it, it is a certain, a small amount of criminals. Uh, it's a revolving door. They're, they're the same people committing the same crimes over and over again, and that's why we are where we are. I have a question out of, out of ignorance up. for both you guys, uh, but maybe more for Byrne, but you too, Lydia, because you're very smart too. And that is, why does, because again, the, the beauty about this show is that you got an average guy like me who's for most of his life worrying if the Mets were going to win, and now I'm talking about serious stuff. And most people listening are like me, trust me, they're not Sean Hannity. So why does a guy like Heasty, for example, have this absolute power? If the mayor of the city wants to change things, and uh, even the governor, and just about every civilian and citizen who lives here wants to change things, why does this guy seem to have absolute power? And if he doesn't, what are we doing? Well, because the way this, uh, uh, the government is set up, uh, the state legislature is located in Albany, and they set the laws. They set these types of laws. They're state laws, and that's what uh, you know. The, the New York State Constitution uh, dictates that we follow okay. the uh, state okay. legislature's so, laws. Okay, so now we've got Alvin Bragg as a DA, right? So we don't have, Bernie and Lydia, a recall here in New York yet. We'd have to get that legislature changed so we can do to a guy like Alvin Bragg, if the governor doesn't fire him, what happened to Chester Boudin in San Francisco. Uh, Can we do something? Are there any laws we can pass here that divvies up some of the power. I'm just curious. I, I just, no, just, but Governor Hulk, Governor Hochul could fire Bragg. That's why well, I'm that's so Bragg, upset with But what with about Heasty? But what about Heasty? What about Heasty? That's a good question. Can she do anything to Heasty? I mean, Bernie's the brill. You know, he's brilliant. Knows every. I'm being serious. No, like you know everything. Like, can she do anything true. to Heasty? I mean, he's a liar. 
He's a liar because yeah. I can't imagine Mayor Adams would make up an entire conversation right. that he had with Carl no, Lisi yeah, about Eric this. Adams did not lie. So, so you understand my point, guys, is, as, a, as a everyday yes. New Yorker like me, how Perfect does Carl Heasty hold this city hostage? How? He, he is the duly elected assemblyman from New York City who was uh, made speaker of the assembly up there in Albany, and he sets the tone. If he doesn't want to uh, vote on, on bail reform, of the, uh, there's no vote. In other words, he has the power to stop a vote. And not that the, uh, the, the, the assembly would vote a, a bail reform, that bail reform law down. The one that Todd Kaminsky wrote, by the way, and uh, voted yes for and, and Governor Andrew Cuomo signed. Uh, not that the assembly would overturn it because they'd be afraid of all the wotards out there uh, primarying them because they have to run every two years as well. Not that they would, but they're not even, he's not even allowing it to go up for a vote so that these people can be held accountable. And he has that power. And no, he, again, he's duly elected. There's no, you, you know, it's a policy disagreement. You can't, uh, I don't, there's no mechanism by which uh, you can impeach him because he sticks by a certain policy. Now, if he did something criminal or un, uh, maybe highly unethical, you could impeach him, I would imagine. I'm sure that they have provisions I for have that. I have a question. I'm sorry? I have a question. Can I have a question? Can Governor, let me, I'll ask you guys both, maybe you know, can Governor Hochul issue some sort of executive order? She was able to shut us down, shut down businesses, Cuomo, excuse me, during the COVID lockdown. And by the way, Cuomo's the one that snuck in this bail reform package into law and Hochul just kind of carried the torch for him. But is there, can Hochul issue some sort of executive order allowing judges discretion and kind of overriding some of the ridiculousness in this bail reform? Well, you're, uh, listen, what do I know? I'm just an average guy myself. I was you know, doing D jokes on the IMA show for many, many years. I don't know the, <laughs> the, 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 so the intricacies of uh, uh, the New York State uh, constitutional law, but I would imagine uh, I don't think she could. I don't think she could. Uh, she might be able to. I don't know, but she's not inclined to. She was against no, reforming this, this law initially, again, yes. as we said in the last segment, until – she was booed at the Ranger hockey game, and she was scared into at least making a show of reforming the cash bail. It was, and she did uh, tweak it a little bit, but it was very, very minor. She held it up, with, which is the way Zeldin is going to have to do it, by using the budget. Zeldin can't, on day one, just step in there and do things that, that you might think he can do. Like, for example, he can't just fire Alvin Bragg on day one. He can't. There's a, he has to go th to jump through some hoops. He can eventually do it, but uh, but but uh, back to Kathy Hochul. No, 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 no. He can fire him on day one. No. He just may not be removed on day one. That may take a while, but he can fire him oh, on day okay. one. Yes, all right. Yes, All but right. you're yeah, right. Yeah, it, it will take some time for him to be removed yes. from office. Yes. yes. So anyway, so the, another topic. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. There, oh. No changes are coming oh. because uh, whether or not Kathy Hochul can do it, she doesn't want to do it. So I wanted to ask you guys, did you hear about, do I want to just, because I know we're running out of time, but I wanted to bring this up because it's super important. So you heard about Demi Lovato, right? Demi Lovato's that pop star from Disney, da 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 She said, call me they, them. She said she was yeah. non-binary or whatever that stuff. She also has a, has a horrible drug problem and uh, nearly died more than once. Idiot. She nearly overdosed. Like uh, a lot of the kids that identify with have gender dysphoria have drug problems and have mental issues and suicide attempts and all that i think she's also so uh, she's she also anorexic i think on top of all of that but go ahead i'm sorry 
She's yeah, she has up. eating disorders. She came out and said, I'm now a she, her again. I'm no more they and there and them and this and whatever. I am she and her again. And she's getting blasted on social media because people are like, well, people that are intrinsically and feel it in the depths of their soul that they're non-binary and they're they and them, she's making fun of us. But see, that just goes to show how wishy-washy this kind of whole thing is. Thank God she didn't go off and chop off her breasts or go and do hormone treatments. And so that's why it's so dangerous. And she's a, she's an adult. So when we're talking about kids, she's the perfect example of why some it's not a I mean, sometimes all of this can be a phase. Maybe they need therapy. Maybe they need God. They need God. They need Jesus. I don't know. But when we make these drastic medical decisions and thank God she didn't. But look, she went back. She said, now I'm a she her again. I'm no longer they them. I'm she and her. So how many others are doing stuff like that? But your point is well taken. Of course, the, the kids. You know, you need parental uh, consent to go on a field trip in school, and yet uh, they want to make it so <laughs> that the kid can make a decision True. to get their uh, True. to get their wiener removed or sliced or diced or whatever they do with it. To, or to emphasize your removed. point, by the way, Bernard, uh, Gabriel with his camp went to the Brooklyn Cyclones game yesterday. We had to sign like 15 forms. <laughs> right. And then they want to make it so that, 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 that he can go. And you mutilate his own genitals <laughs> without your knowledge. Unbelievable. Yeah. So and, and, they, and yeah, they don't know what they're doing. Hormones that could cause cancer down the line. I mean, these are irreversible side effects. So you know, good for her for come, for having the balls. No, or shall I say, no balls, and coming out and saying, "Listen, I don't feel like I'm non-binary anymore. I'm a girl. I'm a female. I, you know, I'm a woman. So you can call me she and her again." It's insanity. It's lunacy. We're going to look back on this time and say, what the hell was going on? But uh, that's the case. That, that's that's what the way it is now. And you have the Biden administration, for example. You know, if, if, if schools don't allow what we're talking about to uh, take place, in other words, without the parents' knowledge, you know, having this gender-affirming, they call it, the, they have these innocuous terms, gender-affirming care. For a kid, without the parent's knowledge, gender-affirming means if you think you're a, a girl and you're a boy, you get your thing whacked off or sliced, like Mutilation. I said. That's gender-affirming kids. So Joe Biden wants to hold back lunch money from uh, you know various from schools, from states, that if they don't allow that, that. That's Joe Biden pushing stuff like that. That's why I say I hate the man's guts. He's evil. That is an evil policy. That's child abuse is what it is. And, uh, you know, it's just it's so messed up. It, it boggles the mind that that, you know, otherwise rational people can say, yeah, I agree with that policy. It, it's actually absolutely mind boggling. And uh, it's just sick is what it is. Sick and evil. That's what it is. Sick and evil. Uh, I, I won't bring up the story that I sent you overnight, Sid. I'll let you do that because then I'll get in trouble. <laughs> you will you get in story. trouble. I will get it. It's a great so story. Much it's it's an old what story. It? I'll tell you quickly, Bernie. It's an old oh, story. Oh, you guys can. Uh, we'll tease it. Tease it. Tease it. Right, maybe I'll, you do I'll, for the I'll next tease second. It. I will... I'll tease it. Maybe you'll do it tomorrow. But what it, what it is, Bernie, is that certain females want to have a certain scent. So instead of going to, or I don't know, uh, you know, one of these uh, perfume stores and buying Creed, they decide the smell of their own organ. Oh God, I, I I don't think I want to hear this. Oh, that's, and they're that's, saying it works. Nasty. 
It does work. Guys love that. It's stuff. a new thing. It's like a trend. It's a no, trend. No, it's not a new Don't thing. You, no, you it's been be around. Cool. No, no, it's not new. It's been around. It's been around since the seventies, but it's right. made a resurgence. Well, but you know, it's on TikTok. Lesbians have been doing that for a very, very long time, and now heterosexual women are are uh, hopping on. And uh, they decide the scent of their vagina is nicer than Creed. So, <laughs> so what if uh, somebody like Joy Behar decides that and she's walking around? Right. That's, is, that, that, that's, that's the part that makes disgusting. me sick to my stomach. Yeah, that is disgusting, yes. You're you right. know what I mean? But, but what if it's Jennifer Lopez? And there's monkey pox. <laughs> well, what does what that about monkey pox? You can't get monkey pox Because of somebody's secretions, if their secretions are on them and then I touch the person, could I get their monkey pox oh, or something Christ. like that? Oh, that's hey, disgusting. Listen, you know what? I think it's time for the, the 77 WAC clip of the day. Uh, Lydia, we'll check you out at nice we'll job, check you man. out at five o'clock. All right. Yeah, cats and that John Katzmatidis, where we stand for truth, justice, the American way, and no sex with monkeys. Uh, there you have it. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. No, I don't drift. Sing to it naked in the mirror. I uh, just in my room. Uh, no, that's that's really gross. I'm sorry. Really? No, I don't. I do that. You know, I've I've always said about Selena Gomez. Yeah. She perpetually perpetually looks like, you know, a 14 year old girl. That, I mean, that's right? true. Doesn't she look very young. Yes. Still, even now. Yes, indeed, uh, indeed. There's another girl like that, Zendaya. They're all Disney girls. I feel like all these Disney girls. They never age. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's one of I love you like he's a cute. love song, baby. She's good. She's baby. a cute kid, no? Yeah. Well, this is the, really the only song that I know her for because, I don't know, it just caught my attention. Either way, how great is Big Bad Bill O'Reilly? Come on. My mother upper yelled at me today. Take it easy. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's hilarious. Oh, he's great. Of course he's great. I'm trying to play devil's advocate. Listen, I hate Nancy Pelosi as much as you guys no, do. No, I know that. I but know I'm just that. trying I'm to, just... and, and, I, and I, I think I gave him a pretty valid reason why she was there. Whether you want to buy it, that's fine. And he, so, but I was only kidding when I said I'm well, just yell at me. But he's the best. He's the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And even, that... even that Vince Scully story, Bernie. How good was that? That's what I'm saying. I wasn't referring to the yelling part of it. That I mean, funny. all that was great as well. Yeah, it's funny. But just the you know the range, everything. Uh, you know, just he's the, great. the guys, the the knowledge, the uh, the confidence, and and. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, just the way he—I uh, don't know—his presentation, everything. He's quite intimidating, quite intimidating figure. I will say well, that. Well, let me as well. say this: a, a lot of the reason why I love him so much, besides all the obvious things you just mentioned, I really do think he's the best ever. I do. I love Tucker Carlson now, a few others, but I think he's the best ever, and he's still great today. He hasn't lost even a mile off his off his fastball. Not at all. But I will always, always be grateful. Even though you hated it, and you, no, I shouldn't say that. Even though you were exhausted, you didn't hate it. You were exhausted. You did a show with I you did a show with me even before that. And it was like, oh, my God, more work to do. I'll always be grateful for the exposure he gave you on Tuesday nights. Because i got to tell you, down in Florida, when I first moved back to Brooklyn, I would watch you. And it was, it was a big deal for me to have my guy, my partner, on, uh, on Bill O'Reilly's show. So I'll always, I, I should imagine how you feel, but I'll always huge, be very it, grateful to Bill O'Reilly for that. 
it was a huge deal for me. He took a chance on me, exposed me to a, a whole new audience, a nas- whole new national audience, uh, you know, raised my stock tremendously. And so, yeah, uh, so for, for that, I wasn't thinking of that. But, yes, I am eminently grateful to him for that. Uh, and then the yeah the the, uh, the shows on uh, that you and I did with them that was uh, that was great. That's when I decided to to stop doing any extracurricular TV whatsoever because you were tired. I was doing so much radio, yeah, so so many hours yeah. of radio. Like yeah. I don't know how the hell Brian Kilmeade does it. I just don't know. Well, this I, guy I, he's a lot younger than you, first of all. No, he's not. Yes, he is. What, ten years, maybe. Uh, ten, ten years. Tops. Ten, ten years makes it look. So. I mean, I, you know, even me. I mean, I'm I'm able to do a lot more. Uh, and I've and you've got about ten years, uh, a little less on yeah, me. May, maybe maybe that's the case, but yeah. because uh, you know I did it for a long time. I, I, and yeah. I was very exhausted, but I right. did it. And, and, and plus, decided... don't forget the great Andrew Dice Clay uh, line about Jack and Jill. They went up the hill. She needed the money. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that, that, there's always that. Yeah. There's always. But speaking of O'Reilly, he did. We talked about the the the, the, the Ron DeSantis getting invited by the View. After all these uh, hags. I mean these these wretched uh, you know these vicious nasty hags as I call them uh, they rip him apart left and right right and left and he sends back a letter to them uh, as I pointed out enumerating all the uh, transgressions all the nasty stuff that they said about him well we put together a little uh, tape of all those nasty transgressions and uh, before we play O'Reilly's uh, appearance on the View a uh, cut twenty eight. Uh, these were what they these these B words said about Ron DeSantis. Go ahead. You're just short of calling him a, a negligent homicidal sociopath because that's what he is. He's risking the lives of children, children's parents, their their grandparents, anyone they may come in contact with, so that he could appeal to his white supremacist base. Death Santis. I, I think he's a fascist and a bigot. It's anti-black, it's anti-gay, it's anti-LGBTQ+, it's anti-American. And it started with CRT. If you start coming after black people, what comes next, right? Of course, the LGBTQ plus yeah. community, and then women, and then other marginalized right. groups. Blah, 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 blah. That's all they have. They have no, they can't fight back on the substance. It's all name calling. It's, it's the, the race call, racist, the call somebody a racist these, these days means nothing. It, it means not, the last refuge of a skunk with no argument. It means absolutely squat. It is so diminished. They throw it around so much. Same thing with uh, homophobe or whatever it is. So it's all name-calling against uh, DeSantis, as you heard there. Not substance, not, not the fact that, uh, you know, he, wants, he doesn't want uh, teachers grooming kids, uh, talking about sex in the, in the, you know, for, for K through 3, for God's sakes. I, I, I say K through 12. But either way, they don't refute that. They can't. They can't refute it because, it, it, you know, it's, it's, just, it, it's indefensible. It's indefensible to have uh, teachers doing that. To your little uh, seven and eight year old, five, six, seven, eight year old, it's just indefensible. And so anyway, that's uh, DeSantis brilliantly uh, sent the letter back, including all that stuff, and it was great. So screw you, uh, yeah, Ron. What time do you want me there? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make provisions. I'll, I'll schedule a trip to New York, and we'll never get out of here. So anyway, Bill O'Reilly, as he mentioned, he did the uh, show, The View. He said about fifteen appearances, but one time he went on. And they were talking about Muslims and, and mosques and stuff like that. And uh, it doesn't even matter what they were talking about. Again, they can't argue the substance. It's just all emotion. 
It's that's all it is. It's emotion. And they, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. Well, refute what he said. Don't get up and walk out. But that's what exactly what they did. Uh, check this out. Cut twenty nine. Go ahead, Justin. The mosque down here on nine eleven. That's inappropriate. It's it's sure they have a right to do it. And in and, and, and the Constitution, but it's inappropriate because a lot of the 9-11 families who I know say, look, we don't want that. Yeah, that really, shouldn't be there. But what about, Bill, why aren't we saying, saying inappropriate? Why is it inappropriate when 70 families died? Muslims killed us on 9-11. Muslims didn't kill us on 9-11? Is that what you're saying? Excuse me, extremists. What religion were they in? What religion was Idiots. I, I mean, whatever. The, the fact is, uh, they were extremists. Duh! But Muslims killed us on 9-11. That doesn't mean every Muslim's a bad person. It's like when a, when a black guy in the street goes out and beats up a Jew or an Asian today. That doesn't mean all black people are bad. But who can argue Muslims killed us that day? What are these ladies, morons? Sit down. Are they morons? Have, be, calm yourself and refute it and have a conversation. There is no refuting. And, they were Muslim. They were all right, all Muslim. Well, then, then, then try to refute it. Say something. Whatever, whatever is in your head, say it instead of, we're getting up and we're walking off. Well, you know what they could say is one of these idiots could have said, listen, listen, uh, you're right, but the way you're, you're couching it, you're going to make people very upset with the Muslim community, which, uh, which largely in part are good people. If they would have done it like that calmly, then you would have had a discussion. But you can't argue who did no. the killing. Those are no, facts. No, the, the, the way to refute it is just, you're a bigot. That's it. Right, exactly. And that's it. And, and that's oh, it. my God. I, the, 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 my kids scream that too. Old. Oh, my God. What is that? That's like a new thing, you know, when you want to argue something. You just scream, oh, my God. Yeah. Again, emotion versus uh, facts, logic, and uh, rational thought. And that's what it is. That's what the left is. That's what the woke tards are. All these people. And uh, so, anyway, speaking of woke tards and people who are afraid, of uh, the aforementioned uh, people. You have uh, this uh, Nadler, Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney. I played this early yesterday, so I'm going to play it now because I'm going to lead up to something with it. Uh, Jerry Nadler and Carolyn Maloney, these two dusty old farts, fighting over one congressional seat here in Manhattan because they were district, they were gerrymandered out. And so they, they both them at each other's throats. And she, Nad, Nad, way, Nadler's old seat was the one that de Blasio flirted with, right? He's out now, but that was that's the, right. right. The, the one right. on the Upper West Side where you used to live. And right. He was your exactly. old congressman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, infested with uh, people just like uh, you know, the, the, the types of people you heard on The View there. Infested <laughs> true, with them. True. Just yes. the women with pussy hats galore. That's I think true. the most pussy hats sold. In the country, we're in that district right there where you lived, uh, Nadler's district. Well, that's why when they start these uh, these Women Day parades, they they all get together uh, on 73rd Street and Broadway, which was literally one express stop away from where I lived. One. Yep, yep, yep. So here's uh, Jerry Nadler and Maloney. They're in a debate, and they got this uh, the third the, the third guy there. He's running as a Democrat. He's uh, he's one of these AOC types. He thinks that he. He's going to, you know, steal from uh, them as AOC stole from uh, that guy Crowley. It's not going to happen. Either way, though, here's Jerry Nadler's opening uh, remarks at the beginning of the debate. Cut seven. Go ahead, Justin. I am leading the fight to, uh, to stop this, and, there, and I have passed the uh, two impeachments. In, my, in leading this, I've impeached uh, Bush twice. Bush. I passed the, 
uh, the strongest, and on other subjects, I passed the strongest gun control legislation in 30 years. I passed the Respect for Marriage Act to uh, codify the right of uh, marriage equality, whatever the Supreme Court says. And I've passed the assault weapons ban. Um, so I hope the voters of the, uh, of the, uh, on August 23rd will vote for me so I can t continue working for them. <laughs> what a mess. Oh what a mess. Uh -huh. And you know what? This, this slob. He sat down the whole, uh, the, the, during the whole debate. The other two were standing up. He was sitting down. Why doesn't he just say, what, give it up? Just, I mean, how, what, he's got to have enough money. I mean, all these Congress people are corrupt. I mean, look at Pelosi. She's worth $100 million. They came from nothing. Yeah. Uh, so why doesn't he just give it up? But either way, he's not, and he wants another two years. And by the way, he's one of the most powerful people, politicians in the country, and you just heard him there. He's a complete and total, just like Nancy Pelosi, just a moron, just a, 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 a stuttering mess is what he is, uh, just like she is, just like the imbecile in chief is. Either way, Carolyn Maloney, she's another whack job. She's about 79 years old. And they asked her what her priorities are. Just listen to this, cut eight. Our work is not over yet. Uh, we need to protect women. We need to pass gun safety laws. We need to combat climate change. He's not talking about the women who are getting punched in the streets by these black males, uh, you know, or these Asian women or any, or any of these women who are getting, uh, you know, slashed or kicked in the face by these young males. He's not, she's not talking about that. She's not talking about she didn't mention inflation. She didn't mention crime. I mean, the, the issues th that affect most people on a day-to-day -day basis, that's how out of touch these stinking, stupid, idiotic Democrats are, these uh, Democrat progressives. I mean, uh, that they don't address the right issues. And that's why, that's why they, th this is going to be the biggest red wave maybe in the history of the country, in history of modern times, hopefully, if there's a God in heaven. All three of them were asked about uh, Joe Biden, should he run? Cut number nine. Should President Biden run again in 2024? Yes. Mr. Nadler. Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to, to deal with that until after the midterms. Ms. Maloney. I don't believe he's running for re-election. Nobody wants this jerk to run again. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And the reason is, I mean, he's just, he's corrupt. He's a pervert. He's a joke. He's, he's laughable. But he doesn't know what he's doing. The guy is complete and total. He's a half a vegetable, and he just doesn't know what he's doing. Here, here he is yesterday, Biden, signing an executive order on some sort of abortion move. Uh, cut number five. It's short. Go ahead. Cut five. Do I sign this order now? I'm going to sign this executive order right now, okay? Yeah, so the order, do I sign it now? It's right in front of him. He's got a pen in his hand. The book is open, and he's like, what do I do? Do I sign this? It's just, it's, it's totally, totally embarrassing. One last thing, Carrie Lake, she is uh, way ahead now. She's going to be the winner down in the primary for governor. She's going to go up against uh, Arizona's governor, Doug Ducey. Here she was, she, and she's great. She's terrific. Here she is at a Trump rally about three months ago. Cut 24. Carrie Lake, remember the name. Cut 24. Is this the greatest president we've ever known? Arizona loves you. And I predict at the end of 2028, when you leave office, second term, the whole country is going to love you. They're going to figure it out. After uh, this Tuesday, cool. Trump's got a 93%. 
uh, winning rate of picking uh, candidates, picking primary candidates. Pretty good. 93%. I think it's 135. He got right. 10 he got wrong. So, yeah, he's still got the juice. He's still got the political acumen as well. Does 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 45, soon to be 47, hopefully in a couple of years, on the Bernie and Sid show, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming right back. Oh, we're going to speak to Joel Osteen. Oh, yeah. Uh, keep it where it is. We're coming right back. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Staring across the barn, you see this beautiful girl, and then all of a sudden she looks back at you, and then you get the nerve to walk over and say hello. Next thing you know, you're having a drink, having great conversation, and she wants to go home with you. Then you get her home, and she passes out. That's Joel Osteen right now. Nowhere to be found. (laughs) Talked about this guy all week long. Oh, wait. Wait, the phone is ringing? Yeah, easy, easy. Matthew Arthamini, the esteemed program director, has come in. Now, I've seen the, the phone ring twice. Like, he, he keeps ringing, and then he keeps dropping. Yeah. He's, so and, we had him for like two seconds. I don't know where he, he is. But. Well, he's at some Manhattan hotel, it looks like. It's a 212. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if, we catch him, if we catch him for long enough, uh, we'll get him on the air for a few <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Why do you catch him long enough? This is 2022. It's a phone. I don't know what to tell you. His phone keeps dropping us. We don't have phone problems here. I understand that. No. Well, he's like the most successful evangelist uh, in the world. Yeah, he is. Bernie, what's the excuse yeah. here? Uh, well, apparently uh, he's probably in, uh, en route and in transit and uh, he's well, using the cell phone, I would no. imagine. Well, he's probably right. Oh, I don't and, know. No, no, it can't be because it's a 212 number he's calling from. And he lives in like uh, Lakewood, Texas, or something. Uh, so you make a good point. He yeah. wouldn't have a he wouldn't have a New York City uh, right. cell phone. I mean, come on, right? Come on, Joel. Uh, well, listen. In the meantime, let's just say uh, Joel Osteen, he's appearing at Yankee Stadium on August sixth with his wife Victoria. Yeah, it's a big and night. it's called the Come Home to Hope Tour, is what it is. And uh, you know, you you know, you know Joel Osteen. Uh, you maybe you do, maybe you don't. But he's uh, he gives sermons on Sundays and they're televised nationally. Yeah, uh, I guess because he's wildly popular. He is. People love it, and right. uh, yeah, for him to fill a Yankee Stadium in New York City—that's a big deal. That's unbelievable. Oh, it reminds me of um, you know we you and I became friendly over the years, and that's not a um, an exaggerated term. We have we are actually friendly with uh, Franklin Graham. And um, especially during COVID when he built those Samaritan tents in Central Park. But his father would do stuff like that all the time. He could fill up any stadium in the world. Oh, yeah. Billy Graham. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, he was exponentially more popular than Joel Osteen is. And Joel Osteen is very, very popular. But Billy Graham was on another level. Yeah, he he could... uh, Yeah, he could fill up uh, three, four, five Yankee stadiums, I would imagine. Uh, And then, you know, he was also... 
he was also uh, uh, deeply involved, not well, not involved in politics, but he became friend, pastor to the president. Yes. Let's put it that uh, he way. He was, yes. You know what I remember years ago? There was a lot of those guys. And uh, who could forget, of course, Billy Soul Hargis, the uh, most well, popular evangelist. <laughs> well, I, I could easily forget. I, I hated those bits. Hated them. But I, you know what? I, I didn't like the bits, but I did like the song. It was kind of catchy, you know? Yeah, I don't care if it rains or freezes, as long as I got my plastic Jesus riding on the dashboard of my car. Keep going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, well, they were good. I guess they were catchy. good. I mean, yeah, it was catchy. But they, they got played out after oh, a while. Oh, it was boring. He was saying, put your hands on the TV, yeah. and you will be healed. Uh, but you had um, well, the other guy, too, <laughs> Tammy Faye, and her husband, what was his name, Jim Baker? He was a Oh, yes. Yeah. Tammy Faye and Jim. Yeah. yeah. Pat Robertson. Yeah, yeah. None of them ever achieved the Billy uh, Graham status. No, not status, like Billy but... Graham. No, 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 no. But our next guest on the phone is about as close as you can get. He is, uh, <laughs> we're huge fans of him, especially me. He is out of the Lakewood Church in Texas. He uh, did invite us, in fact, backstage at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn a couple of years ago. And now he's back with his beautiful wife in New York about to fill up Yankee Stadium on Saturday, what a what an amazing job! Here he is making his debut on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, the esteemed and heavenly Joel Osteen. <laughs> hey guys, I love that intro. Thank y'all. Y'all making me sound pretty important. Well, you are. Let me tell you something. You're very important. And and a couple of years ago, see me and Bernie, we talk about politics, right? So we get up in the morning on a Sunday and we watch all these really depressing. Political shows, uh, Joel, you know, talking about all the problems yeah. going on. Yeah. And, and I remember now, now I'm Jewish. OK, I'm Jewish. So, I, you know, it didn't even occur to me to watch you. But one day I was flipping through the channels. I was all depressed through the news. And there you are. And I just left it on. And I left it on. And I left it on. And then the next week I was back. And the next week I was back. And I said to Bernie one day, I said, Bern, I think I'm in love with Joel Osteen. I swear to God, this guy makes me feel great even on a depressing Sunday. So I want you to know from, from a Jew, Joel Osteen, how healing and how important you are for the psyche of so many Americans who may not even have the same God. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I'm so glad you listened. I'm glad, I'm glad it helps. And, you know, it's, there's, there's so much, like you said, there's so much negativity in the world. So our ministry, our message is about lifting people up and looking on the bright side and believing that God's in control. So I don't know. It's never dreamed I'd be doing this, but here I am. <laughs> Here you are. Yes, indeed. As Sid just mentioned, uh, Joel, the Yankee Stadium on Saturday, uh, you and your wife, Victoria, uh, it's called the Come Home to Hope a tour, I would imagine, tour, August 6th, this Saturday, uh, Joel Osteen, Yankee Stadium. Now, Joel, you haven't done this in about three years, and uh, you're going to fill the stadium up, which is remarkable for, for a guy from Houston, Texas, to do that here in New York City. But after three years, uh, did you experience any, uh, uh, you know, uh, are you nervous? I mean, how do you, and, and how do you remember all, all this stuff that you preach? I mean, it's an amazing feat what you accomplish. Oh, thanks so much. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm nervous. I'm probably a little, got a lot of anticipation. But, yeah, the, the pandemic, we, we used to go out once a month. And so we shut down for three years during the pandemic and got a call from the Yankees organization about coming back here. And I felt like it was the, it was a great one to do our, our first one back and, and, you know, a great city like New York. So I don't know, I'm excited about it and just amazed that so many people come out and just, uh, you know, again, our, our, 
our goal is to inspire some people to let it be a new beginning, kind of let go of the old. I mean, we're kind of like come home to hope. And it's like, you know, I think sometimes we quit dreaming, we quit hoping, we quit believing because life pushes us down. But, you know, our, our goal is to, like I said, just maybe get us dreaming again, believing again, hoping again, looking, you know, looking for the good things in the future. I like that. So, listen, I don't know much about your history again. Uh, I just kind of got turned on to you a couple of years ago, and I think you're terrific. I do. Uh, and so does Bernard. We both do. We both do. I don't know your history, how you, you know, started this, where you started this. Uh, no matter where you started, how long ago you started, Joel, you never, no matter what you say, could have imagined filling up Yankee Stadium somewhere down the road in your career. But how did it all start? When did Joel Osteen come to the realization one day that Sid Rosenberg in New York is going to love me? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I had no idea, guys. Let me tell you. So my dad was a pastor in Houston for 40 years, and I was behind the scenes. And he tried to get me up to minister, but I thought, I'm not a minister. I wouldn't know what to say, and I'm more quiet and reserved. So How old are you I'm at that point? How old are you at that point? 30, 36 years old. 36, okay. Never never, never gotten up in front of the public. I'm, I'm just behind the scenes doing the production, the lighting, the TV at the church there in Houston. It's a big church. but So my dad passes, never ministered Sorry. before, and I knew I was supposed to step up and pastor the church. And, you know, it didn't make sense to my mind because I've never ministered. My dad's been to seminary. He's this great pastor. But I just felt it, not, not in my mind, but down in my heart that I was supposed to do it. And, and guys, never dreaming that it would grow. I thought if we could just maintain what my dad built, I'll try to be like my dad and all that. But all of a sudden, you know, you, you got God gives you different personalities, and all of a sudden people started coming, and more people started watching. And I looked up, and, you know, I, again, that's, that's part of my message, that you don't know what's on the inside of you. I was the least likely one. If you had told me 23 years ago before my dad passed that I'd be a minister, I'd be coming to Yankee, I said, you, you're, you're from the wrong planet. you got the wrong guy. But you know what? God's put things in us, and when you believe big and, you know, I say honor God, keep them first, you know, you never know where he's going to take you. Yes, indeed. Again, we're talking to Joe, the Reverend Joel Osteen on the Bernie and Sid Show. Yankee Stadium this Saturday, Joel and his wife Victoria, the Come Home to Hope Tour, and uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a refresh your spirit and gather together for hope. And, Joel, like uh, Aaron Judge, you're going to hit a grand slam for God <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, but listen, seriously, Joel, listen, uh, we, we've, it's been three years. We've never been as divided, I think, in this country, at least in modern times, as we are today. And we're in a recession, you know, on the brink of war with Russia, with China. I mean, things are really spiraling out of control. Uh, can you give us uh, and our, our listening audience a little hope uh, about the future and, and God and, and how we can turn to God and, you know, derive some solace from him. Yeah, I agree with you. I've never seen a divisive, uh, as divisive time as now and just everything going on. But I think, um, Sid, this is when you have to, I, I believe this is when you turn to your faith. And even when seems things, things seem out of control, you believe, God, you're in control. You've got a plan for my life. I believe when you control what you can, meaning you can't control everything around us, but we can control our attitude. And I kind of call it our own atmosphere to stay in an atmosphere of peace, and faith and joy. Otherwise, every day we're stressed. For, you know, like you said, you listen to enough news, you watch what's going on. It just you look up and you're enduring life and not enjoying life. So I, I think you have to keep 
keep that you know i like to watch the news but i like to keep it at bay and not let it get on the on the deep inside of me but instead stay in a place of peace and trust yeah. and, yep. and i do that by knowing that god's in control that he's ordering our steps that this is not a surprise to him you know, last one for me, Joel, and I'm going to kind of piggyback on what Bernie just said. We've also got a horrible issue in this country with these uh, school shooters, you know. Uh, these young kids that have lost their way, and they hate everybody, and uh, we've seen two of them in Connecticut and most recently in Texas go murder little kids, which is just unfathomable. And a lot of people really believe it's because of the lack of religion in school, at home, that people are losing their way because they've lost God. And i got to tell you, I'm not the most religious man. I don't go to temple all that often, but I do buy that. What do you think about that explanation? Well, I think it definitely plays a role because faith helps you to stay centered and stay at peace and to love one another and to love people that are not exactly like you and to treat people with respect. And so I think it is. I think that's part of it. I think faith helps you deal with the anxiety, the depression, and Man, these kids these days, guys, they're growing up with pressures we didn't have with all the social media and the comparison, and I'm not as beautiful, and I'm not as talented. It's true. Just yeah. it's, it's, it's pushing, it's weighing on people, but again, I come back to my faith where you get your value from your creator, you know that you know, you're made in his image, that you have what you need, that you have the right personality, you're the right size, you're the right nationality. I don't know. I think that's part of my faith, and I, I do believe that keeps you centered and not getting... You know, these kids get and, and people get so off course to want to harm somebody else. You know, we, we, we know we have to do more. Absolutely right. Listen, Joel, it was brief, but it was great. Joel and Victoria Osteen at Yankee Stadium this Saturday, the Come Home to Hope Tour. Uh, again, Saturday. Don't miss it, folks, if you can. If you want your spirits uplifted, this is the way to do it. Joel Osteen, thank you for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. And Godspeed, God bless, and good luck to you, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much, guys. It's my honor, and I appreciate y'all having me. Just all the best to you and your listeners. Uh, thank you, Joel. Keep it up. Keep uh, talking every week. We need you. And uh, enjoy Yankee Stadium. That's uh, the home of the champs, and uh, you're the next champ to stop by. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to be burning. I like it when the uh, young kids get involved. I believe Hunter is only 19 out of Middletown, New Jersey. He's our contestant today up in uh, Middletown, as I said. Hunter, you're, you're 19? Yeah. I'll be 20 in like a week or so. You go to college? Yeah, I'm at Rowan. I'm going to my sophomore year. Oh, cool. Good school. All right. And you listen yeah. to me and Bernie? Yeah, I drive a truck in the summer for a friend's HVAC company, so I started listening to you guys, yeah. I'm really into politics. That's actually my my major. I'm majoring in political science and economics. Cool. So, was a young girl lives yeah. upstate. Uh, dear friend of my my daughter, my friend Matt Goldstein, his daughter Danny. She goes to Maryland, and she was going for political science. But her father puts this show on every morning. She listens to me and Bernie, and now she's going for politics. So we seem to inspire young kids like you. So that's uh, that's very cool. Thank you for listening, Arthur. Yeah. No problem. Thank All right. You. Here we go. Here's uh, question number one. What fraction? of a person did slaves originally count as in the United States Constitution? What fraction of a person? Slaves. Uh, Three-eighths. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. You got the top number right. This says three-fifths. Is that right? Is that what it says? I can't see, damn it. Yeah, it's three-fifths. Three-fifths, but all right, you're close. Uh, number two here, Hunter. What did Paul Revere shout on his midnight ride in 1775? 
Um, oh, you got they're them. coming. Yeah, but who? The British are coming. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number three, May 20th, 2021. President Biden waived sanctions placed on the pipeline Nord Stream 2, which belongs to what country? Russia? Yes. What one, what one of these United States presidents did not die on July 4th? Did not. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Harry Truman, or James Monroe. You know what's amazing about that question is three of those guys died on July 4th, huh? Which one did not, though? Uh, Harry Truman. Oh, my God. You're, like, really smart, bro, huh? I guess. I Some days I listen. Sometimes I get them all right. Sometimes I get them all wrong. Yeah. So. Hey, Sid, real quick. A quick fact on that. Thomas Jefferson and John Adams actually died on the exact same July 4th. You just want to make sure that you're smarter than Hunter. That's all. You don't, you don't I, want him to get the... Uh, are you impressed? Because you're, like, almost the same age, huh? Do I win any prizes? No, you're impressive. I'll give you that. Um, all right, Hunter, you're playing very, very well. You, the other chicks dig young, smart guys, right? Sorry? Are you handsome? Uh, I don't know. I get, I get that sometimes. I got a girlfriend, though, so. Oh, like a serious girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're pretty much done anyway. All right, number uh, number five. So what do you do in college? Does she go to college with you? Uh, Sorry? Does she go to college with you? No, she goes to Rockers in New Brunswick. Oh, my God. And are you faithful to her when you go to college? Yes. Oh, look at you. That's very cute. I mean, stupid, but cute. That's a Number five, yeah. Of the numerous press secretaries who served under President Trump, which one served last? A, Stephanie Grisham, B, Kaylee McEnany, or C, Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Uh, Kaylee McEnany. Oh, my God. You really are smart. Great job, Hunter. Really, really good, pal. You got four right. You're welcome. And uh, now all the pressure is on the champ, Bernie McGurk, to get all five right and uh, win the game. Is he, is he with us, uh, Bernie, the great Bernard? I'm here, bro. Hello, Bern. B-R-O. So our What's con- up, Sydney? Our contestant is this really smart and nice 19-year-old kid. He goes to one college. His girlfriend goes to another college, and he won't bang anybody else. Uh, what, what? I mean, well, so? What, were you surprised by that? Yes. What 19-year-old I mean, kid is going to stay a good faithful? Kid. Oh, come on. You said he was a good kid. He's a good kid. I know, he's, but, you know. Would you do that? Yes, I would. <laughs> I was happy with the one lady. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Fair enough. What fraction of a person... Isn't it great when I bring up hypotheticals you don't really have to answer? Because it's not what he... You know, it doesn't really affect you. you you're calling me a liar. <laughs> is that what you're <laughs> What uh, fraction, Bernie, of a person... Did slaves originally count as in the United States Constitution? Oh, yeah. It was uh, a good question. Two-thirds. Close. Wrong, you two-legged uh, back of close. Two-thirds would be 67%. This happens to be 60%, which is three-fifths. Three-fifths. I yeah. should have known that. I did know it, but I, I got it wrong. No, you were close, though. It's amazing. Uh, by That's the way, amazing... uh, there's, there's an interesting backstory to that, which is... yeah. That wasn't to diminish the slaves themselves. The founders in the North did that so that the southern states wouldn't have more congressmen. It was, it was to, to, oh. to limit the amount of congressmen they could have. Gotcha. So, in other words, they would, if you had five slaves uh, and they were only three-fifths, only four would be considered 
part of the population. Actually, three so that would be. Right. It, it well, be something 15, like that. You get the point, three. though. Yes, yes. But that was the whole idea was to limit the amount of Congress people that, that the southern states could have. Wow. It wasn't, to, uh, it wasn't a statement on the slaves themselves. You sure it wasn't both? Uh, that, no, that that it was it, it was the anti-slavery northern uh, people who came up with that Got compromise. It. Got it. Okay, very cool. Nice job, Bernie. Number two, what did Paul Revere shout out on his midnight ride in 1775? He he shouted out the uh, I don't know the British are coming. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> May 20th, 2021, President Biden waived sanctions placed on the pipeline Nord Stream 2, which belongs to what country? Sanctions? That would that would be Russia. Yes. Number four. What one of these United States presidents did not die on July fourth? The other three actually died on that day. John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Harry Truman, or James Monroe? Uh, that would be uh, did not. That would be Harry Truman. Yes. And uh, hey, listen, listen. The big backstory to that quickly. Yeah. Is Jefferson and Adams hated each other's guts. Hated each other's guts, so much so that John Adams fled Washington the night before instead of going to Jefferson's inauguration because he beat him and depriving Adams of a second term. So then they they go through life. Anyway, uh, Jefferson dies on July 4th, that day, July 4th, 1826. And uh, later on in the day, Adams dies. And Adams says, Oh, you know, that son of a bitch, he outlives me. And then he died. Oh, my but, God. But in truth, uh, Jefferson died earlier that day, and Adams didn't realize it. Oh, oh my God. That, that is a great story. And How do you like that? That's, I love it. All right, you'll go uh, four out of five and play your time. Today. Those are two great stories there, Bernie. Thank you. Of the numerous press secretaries who served under President Trump, which one served last? A, Stephanie Grisham, B, Kaylee McEnany, C, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It would be, uh, I think, Stephanie Grisham. Incorrect. Wrong. Oh, no, it was Kaylee McEnany. It was. So Hunter actually won today's game, 4-3, to three, the final score. Very short on time here, Bernie. So congratulate oh, Hunter on a big win today. Hey, Hunter, where to go? What college? Do you mind telling us? Yeah, I, I go to Rowan University in Glassboro, like South Jersey near Philly, kind of. And you listen to us on the app, do you? Uh, I listen. I, I drive a, a delivery truck for an HVAC company up in North Jersey. I'm in Middletown. It's a friend that owns it. So I drive it in the summer when I'm home from school. And you listen on the radio? Yep. Okay, listen, uh, young man. Great job. Uh, Continue listening, and thanks for calling. Thanks for playing. We'll do it again. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. On the Bernie and Sid Show, we're coming right back. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is David Gates, the lead singer of Bread from the great movie with... Richard Dreyfuss and Marsha Mason, goodbye, girl. And we are saying goodbye to one of our valued summer employees, intern, on our way to University of Miami in Coral Gables, where I went. Uh, Bernie Kosar, after they beat Nebraska. Claire Bedley. So um, thank you for, uh, for the summer. You were great. You were fun. You were fun to be around. And uh, we're going to miss you. You're going to miss this place? Thank you What's so much for having me. 
Claire. I'm so excited. I loved being here. I loved everyone here. It was no, such a didn't. pleasure. Yeah, I did. Here. Sid, you're my favorite, well, of course, Well, that's true, of though. course, yes. But you weren't thrilled about Phil, let's be honest. He didn't, uh, he, well, you weren't thrilled about him. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, not Phil, for sure. Well, good luck to hey, you. Good luck, Clay. I didn't know you, but good luck. Thanks for your help. And, Thanks, uh, Bernie. It was so fun yeah. listening to you and Sid in the morning. Godspeed. Thank you, Claire. Good Thank luck. You. All right, she'll be leaving for uh, Miami on Saturday. And uh, Bernard, you're going to take a, a day off tomorrow. Well-deserved. Uh, no treatment, none of that type of thing. Just a, uh, just a day off and get some rest, right? Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I'll do a couple of things. But, yes, a day off. Uh, uh, right, right, exactly right. One I haven't had in, uh, except for the holidays in a long time, to be quite honest with you. Uh, right. But, yes, indeed, that's the case. I'll miss you guys, miss everybody, and have a great weekend. You too. All right, we've got to wrap this thing up in a couple of seconds. Great job, as always, Bernie, just beyond great. And uh, Justin Ellick, you were great today. Same thing for you. Well, Macedonia, Phil, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, terrific work. Jacqueline Call, see you, Claire Bedley. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, everybody, on this sizzling Thursday in New York City, from all of us to all of you, peace. Peace. For you and you for me. So remember If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident.